This is the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Now, here's Jason Jones. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jason Jones Show. I am your host, Jason Jones, broadcasting from the beautiful hill country of Texas. Today, I'm going to get right to this interview. It's over two hours. You're like, what? And it doesn't, it gets really good at around the hour and a half mark, I promise you. Uh, what, what are we talking about today? You know what we're going to talk about. What do you want me to talk about? Kanye West, yay. His interview with Tucker Carlson. Now, well, who am I going to talk to about this? I have on two of my very dear friends. One, my friend Mikkel. She actually does work for us. She lives in South Africa, and she is in the entertainment industry, a close friend, a good partner of the Vulnerable People Project, one of my best friends, like a sister, really. And my other friend, she is a banker, and she is a political consultant. Um, we give her a nickname. I thought it'd be funny to call her Becky. We The name of this segment is Some of My Best Friends Are Black. That's what I'm naming the show. And we're going to talk about Yay from the perspective of how uh, black America especially is is reacting to this. It is a it is a great conversation. It is meandering. We hit some really important topics. Um, my friend Becky is actually she's black. They're both black. They're both ladies. And uh, Becky, that's not her name, is from Africa herself, and um, is an American now. Lives in America, and uh, Mikkel lives in South Africa, but she is from New York City. It's a great conversation. All right, this episode is being brought to you by the Vulnerable People Project. And um, that's my day job, guys. And it's kept me quite busy traveling around the United States and will be bouncing around the world, literally the globe, in the coming weeks and months. That's why there haven't been as many shows as I would like. Um, But the work that we're doing over there at the VPP is important work. We stand with the most vulnerable people in the world during the most challenging times. Uh, We're there... Uh, when the world is left, you know, in human rights causes, there's Palm Sunday. That's when everyone's there. And those are great times when everyone's enthusiastic, they're committed. We're going to be with you till the end. Those are good days. And then there's the cross. That's when uh, very few groups are left. Very few donors are left. The media has gone. The cameras are gone, but the suffering continues. That's when VPP steps in and we don't leave. And right now, um, Of course, this year, our biggest project has been our work in Afghanistan. Go to thegreatcampaign.org and look at all that we are doing, which includes what? Um, Building women's medical centers in in Afghanistan, securing schools, delivering food, evacuating and resettling Christians and other minorities, along with SIVs. Those are those Afghans who fought shoulder to shoulder with armed forces in the war on terrorism. And we are there caring for them, evacuating them, and resettling them. We need your help. So go to thegreatcampaign.org. Dot org, become a monthly donor. This episode is also being brought to you by the world's best pillow. Mike Lindell is a hero. You can't get Mike Lindell's pillows in stores. Did you know that? You can't. Why? Because he stands with us. He stands for our values. And uh, therefore, he's been canceled. But ha, the joke is on you because I would rather have my ad on the Jason Jones show, right, then uh, on MSNBC, how about that? I'd rather be on the Jason Jones Show because this audience is responsive. Did you guys know you bought 2,000 uh, pillows last Christmas from the Jason Jones Show audience? Absolutely unbelievable. Well, because they're the best pillows. 
Go to MyPillow.com, use the code Jones, get the world's greatest pillows, blankets, comforters, robes, slippers, you name it. It's there. It is a world of luxurious products over at MyPillow.com and the best newspaper in the world, Epoch Times. Kanye said the media is relentlessly trying to form your opinion so that you conform. Well, if you go to iReadEpoch.com, use the code Jason Jones, you will shatter. You will rob them of all the money, time, and energy that went in to forming your opinions, to making you a little uh, a lemming, uh, a, a light bulb, like every other light bulb that could just interchangeable, bland, boring, indoctrinated, uninformed, yet it'll all go away. Go to iReadEpoch.com so you can get an education to remain free on the vaccines, on the CCP, on Biden trying to start World War III. Go to iReadEpoch.com. Use the code Jason Jones, and you get your first month for only a dollar. All right, on with my interview on Ye and Tucker Carlson with Mikkel and Codename Becky. It's the Jason Jones Show. Attempt at canceling myself, take uh, 472. Mikkel and Becky, welcome to the Jason Jones Show. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Hey, what did you do yesterday? It was a, an amazing day. Um, I had to give a speech at a church. It was a, in a Sicilian lunch, which was amazing. And I, I get, get to give a little talk. And I had six of my children and one of my grandchildren with me. Then we walked around Waco, Texas. We went to the Dr. Pepper Museum. Then we went to the L&L Hawaiian Drive-In, which was better than any L&L I've ever had in Hawaii, the L&L in Waco, Texas. So it was the perfect uh, perfect birthday. Thank you for asking. There's a Hawaiian population in Texas? No. So there was a kid from Hawaii who's actually Micronesian who owned it with his friend. Um, she looked Chinese, maybe Korean. I don't know. How would I know? And but she, know? But she was from Texas. And I, I had to commend them that it was the best Hawaiian food I have ever had. By Hawaiian, I mean local-style mixed-plate food I've ever had outside of Hawaii. It was unbelievable. So it was, like, it was a great birthday. Okay. Better than my 50th birthday, which I spent shell-shocked last year. This one I was a little more present. Yeah, Ace does that, you know. When you change the digit, it it, fits, it does something to you. Well, and you last year we were still in the chaos and confusion of Afghanistan collapsing. Now we're just in the general trauma and pain. And uh, we've I've been able to wrap my mind around it a little bit. But I, I wanted to have you on. I'm calling the segment Some of My Best Friends Are Black. And that way I don't get canceled. <laughs> Some of my best friends are black, so I get to talk about this. And black and female, black and female. Uh, and Mikkel, you're in the entertainment industry. We're good friends. We're going to use your name. And uh, I thought people are going to doubt that I have women friends or black women friends. So I thought it'd be ironic to to use the code name Becky for friend number two. 
So they can just uh, say yeah. you're Becky, and we'll have to code say yes, Becky. that was her code name, Becky. Because we're going to talk we about Kanye so West. Huh? Yeah, we are. Yes. Because she's brilliant. Her thoughts are brilliant. So I really don't like the code name. But let's go on. Yeah, well, it's not my decision. I just, you know, because. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. We I won't be canceled. Like, I will not be canceled because of this episode. But you might. You, you might be. I don't know. You might be. Well, if the my pillow doesn't cancel, why would this? You know. No, my pillow, Code Jones. All right. So how are we going to do this? There's so much to talk about. And this Kanye right, West beginning. interview, I thought was unbelievable. And I don't really know your takes on it, ladies. So do you want to share your take on it? I share my take on it. Then we discuss. Uh, how are we going to do this? Uh, you can start with like you know you you Candace that's like your wheelhouse right what did you think like what was your wait what did yeah. you just say I missed that first what did you say yeah Candace Owens that's you know that's, that's your fellow <laughs> GOP right yeah so, you don't like Candace Owens I, I adore her I, I, I don't just love we disagree on things that's it. Okay, so I don't know. I'm going to put Candace on the side because I think Candace and Kanye are very different people, coming from very okay. different places. So I just want to talk about Kanye, and I want to get both your backgrounds. Mikkel, you are friends with Kanye. You know each other. You work in the entertainment industry. Becky, uh, that's not your name. You are a uh, political consultant. You're a banker. You are. Uh, what am I missing? Yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Okay, and we are good friends. We have great conversations. And I want this to be like, well, you know, no one's listening. Let's just pretend no one's listening and talk. We'll talk. Now, this is what I, I think. And you know, Mikkel, like when Black Panther came out, I thought it was racist and I wanted to cancel Black Panther and I was going to write a review of it. And you got mad at me and said, just keep that to yourself. Because I thought Black Panther. <laughs> so this is where I'm coming from. <laughs> And I do, I think it was racist because they showed American blacks as criminals and then Wakanda, they had English accents and I just thought it promoted all sorts of things. But whatever, we'll shelve that. But this is where, when I watched Kanye... I'm I, glad you listened to me. I listened to you. So I, okay. I listened to you a lot, by the way. So Kanye, when I listened to this talk, I had friends growing up whose parents were in the Nation of Islam where they were or they were five percenters or Black Panthers or El Rukins. These, these are some of my friends' fathers, families. Listening to Kanye talk, it was just like listening to my friend's dad's talk in 1979, 1981, 1982. And I think okay. it's very strange that then he can talk like that and then have the types of things said about him by leadership in the black, quote-unquote black community, whatever, that I hear because they know they've grown up hearing things like this, but I don't see what they're shocked about. And I happen to agree with almost everything he said. So that's where I, and I thought it was incredibly honest and powerful and grounded first and foremost in thoughtfulness to the problems of the black community. And what I thought was the smartest little trick he pulled was wading into the most affluent white little thing, which was the Paris fashion show, wearing a White Lives Matter shirt. And why I think that upset them so much is because these liberal whites see themselves as the one with the ladle, and the rest of us are like there with our, our soup bowl going, please, sir, 
give me some soup and tell me I have dignity. And here comes Kanye saying, your life matters. And they're like, whoa, whoa, did, did you just take the ladle from my hand? No, give the ladle back. I tell you, your life matters. I tell you, you're beautiful. You don't come in here telling me I'm beautiful. That You've got our relationship upside down. And I think that is at the heart of why Hollywood and the woke left lost their mind. How dare that black man tell them their life matters. It's their job to tell him his life matters. All right, that's my summation of Kanye West and his interview. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really get the memo that it upset white lips at all. I don't know. I don't know. Give me an example of who it upset. I mean, like, who's canceling him from? Who's canceling him from Instagram? They said for semantic reasons. I don't know. They didn't cancel Can- Candace's, so I don't know what he said. I didn't see the la- the latest. Thing well, they he said, said it was anti-Semitic. You know? Yeah, but he said he said well, correct. And I want to get so, into that too. Right. I don't know what it was. But, Wait, you know, what was what was anti-Semitic about it? He said that Puff's Jews. He said that Puff's Jews are sending him to influence Kanye. He said your Jews told you to influence me, and, and no one's going to influence me. No, that was pretty. That was pretty. Uh, you could tell that was from his. He wasn't. He wasn't told to say that. You know, and he's not always the best political. You know, he does things too, like throwing bells at his son's coach stuff. like you know he he's pretty i think that was his opinion i don't think that was like propaganda whereas like he said that about his wife you know with the clintons and you know her handlers or whatever you know i get that but i don't think diddy that wasn't that that was just him saying i don't understand what the prank you're doing i don't see how this helps I, with, <laughs> where the love is I don't see, you know it's just a bunch of confusion i don't get it so that's i don't think that was a uh, you know, and I'm glad he has friends like that to, you know, say their opinions just as much. You know what I mean? Well, and I think P. Diddy was very respectful and said, he's my friend. He's very intelligent. He said about Kanye, he's Correct. very intelligent. Right. I thought, so I thought that did. was very cool. I don't think it was the Jews at all. No, no, but I'm just saying, no, but the, the, the reason why Instagram banned him, at least the media's reporting, was because of that anti-Semitic remark that it was his Jews that told. Now, that's another story. I agree with you. I think P. Diddy was being a very good friend and did not throw and his friend sincere. under the bus. And, yeah, and, and I do think he was being sincere and being a good friend. That That's over there. And then, But then the reason why Instagram said that they uh, blocked him was because of the anti-Semitic remarks. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that, that there were right. agents whispering in P. Diddy's ear. You know, hey, no. hey, no. No. go go influence him. I, it seemed like a really amazing, sincere, awesome friend. That so, I was actually impressed with that. That he has good friends around him like that. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty solid. You know, I don't think anybody voted in the birthday party or anything. You know, everyone's pretty clear on, you know, who they are. And, but um, going to like the white last matter T-shirt. So uh, in the in the interview, he he's clear on it's an artistic expression. Artists should be unapologetic about their artistic expression. I've gone to art galleries and openings, and and I've sat with some some crazy images, you know. And I sit with it, and I'm like, okay, what am I feeling, you know? So I get it was like, oh, that thing, you know. He wanted to invoke something. He wanted to, you know 
change it, you know, let us know how they feel, you know, all that. It's like so many, you can pull from all kinds of places. But he said, you know, a leader explains. And he explained. He was stating the obvious. Um, I think it was tongue-in-cheek. I don't get the Pope John Paul every, you know, profile of him. I'm not too sure about that. That's very confusing. But I think he, he said it. He said why he did it. And, you know, he's a good businessman, you know. And usually, you know, he has out, outbursts and he makes a billion dollars after. So I think that's also connected. I don't think he's per se doing it for the money. But I think when he does something, he does it because he wants to do it artistically. And since he wants to go over to a leader, a leadership role, he tries to stay composed and explain himself articulately and composed. You know, because we're used to calling him crazy or seeing him belligerent or what have you, or telling him to take his medication or whatever, you know? So I thought he, he answered it, you know, but I, he dropped some gems. But I think he was concise and he answered the question why he did it, like, you know? Okay, so you know, how well do you know him? Um, so, associatedly, um, I did do something magical in like 2005 or six, he came to South Africa and his mom's birthday is like the 12th, mine's 14th. So, you know, we had a little moment, you know, when they were here and she, I sent gifts back for like our mutual friends and she sent me a thank you note and told me she was proud of me, you know, that kind of stuff. So we had, you know, he liked my daughters, he did the VMAs, like, you know, we had our encounters, the Sunday service. Yeah. Yeah, you invited me one. I didn't. I wasn't able to make it, unfortunately, to one of the Sunday services. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what that was. What was that? So, by the way, you are in South Africa. So, if there's, uh, I'm in Cape Town. The the, the uh, connection is actually pretty good. So, all right. So there was nothing. Did it offend you? Did you did you see? Um, was there offense taken in the black community? Were you offended? Um, yeah, I'm sure it was offense taken in the black community. You know, and there's there's. I'm sure, like, you know, for people who are Arvon God and artsy or whatever, you know, they, people who walk the streets and live in, like, you know, Flint or, you know, if no one, I can't see them understanding it because they have targets on their backs, right? So, yeah, it's, it's definitely controversial, but I think that's what it was meant to do, to bring conversation. Hence, while we're talking now, you know, I think it's to keep people talking, engaging explaining you know he said it he was stating the obvious so yeah his black panther dad said yeah i thought it was funny a black man stating the obvious yeah the front of the shirt i don't i don't know what that means so do you think his black panther father when he said it was stating the obvious was like the point you were making is that white lives matter that's the point and black lives don't so is that now the point is that, that all lives, white matter. lives matter and they always have they've always mattered above any life. So I think he thought it was it was uh, courageous and political. He's a, you said it, he's a black panther. So he would think it was funny. You know? <laughs> right. And, and but so- that's the ingredient that he has, a really intelligent mom who, you know, has a PhD in the English language and literature and you know, she taught, she was a professor, like, you know, that's what he got, you know, divided house or not, even though they knew they could see the scheme of, you know, dividing the black family and, you know, the whole thing, he still got what he got, you know, and still wants to, it, you know, he still has idealisms of a, a family unit, you know, all those things. 
So I think they did a pretty good job, you know? Yeah, no, and it, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job too. And again, like what he said to me isn't even shocking at all. So it's, it's even when you get to the the quote unquote the Jewish tweet. Profound to me, what he said that was seriously profound to me was he said that his friendship with Trump. It was they had a conversation and a light bulb went off in his head. Basically, he said, you know, because of you, my black approval rate has gone up whatever percent. And he said, you know. He was like, what What have black people ever demanded for their approval? Nothing. That was, that was profound. <laughs> yeah, and so, so what Trump said, well, uh, remind that, me of that. I think it, well, I think, yeah, he said that. Um, I think that it, what it was, I think, really highlighting is how we engage politically and what hmm. do we engage for. And I also think that a big part of the, um, I would call it backlash or canceling um, that kind of came out of that, you know, presentation at the Fashion Week was more about Candace Owens being there than if he was mm-hmm. there by himself. I almost feel that the reaction wouldn't have been um, as aggressive as it was if Candace Owens wasn't standing next to him. And I Correct. Think because... Um, um, a lot of the, a lot of the, I would call, you know, black culture and that, you know, that really follow, really follow yay, um, are really against this conservative, more, um, I would say extreme icons like Candace Owens. And so they kind of, you know, they, they both kind of are on opposite scales. And so I think the fact that having her next to him also wearing their shirt, I think was more of like, wait, what are you trying to say? And what are you trying to do? Um, and it was an immediate association um, more to, I think, Candace Owens brand versus what he was actually trying to accomplish. And so um, I don't know. I, I really think that the responses would have been more measured, um, would have been more, um, I would say, of course, it would still be, we would still see the backlash, but I don't think that we would have seen the canceling, you know, artists coming out saying we're never going to work with you again and, you know, all of that. I think that, I mean, we even had a lot of people online that said, oh, you know, we're, we're going to boldly say this against Jay and we're going to be using our free speech. I mean, I mean, so it meant to, it was meant to call out the fact that they were actually concerned of going against Jay publicly in that way and what that could mean for future partnerships um, um, for them. So I, I really don't think that a lot of those actions would have been taken if Candace Owens wasn't in the picture with him. Um, but that's just my. Uh, that is I a agree. really good point. That is see. That's, that's why I wanted to lead with her. Yeah, we'll yes, yes, that's why Becky's here. So yes, Becky. can you help me understand, <laughs> <laughs> Becky? I love that name. So uh, I stole that from Dave Chappelle. Okay, so you need to help me understand. Because I really like Candace Owens. And mm-hmm. I have a yeah. friend who's, who is, he wouldn't call himself conservative, but he's conservative. He's a celebrity. He's a black guy. And he saw mm-hmm. Candace Owens at the airport once and he said, it took all my willpower not to go over to slap her and tell her to sh- keep her mouth shut. And I said, yeah. I said to yeah. him, I said to him, he's the kindest man too. I said, your values and hers are so similar. He goes, no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. But he, can you explain to me 
this, oh, this taste. The nerve. Um, she does, right? But I don't get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I don't. Why don't I? First of all, maybe you can help me. Well, why? Well, why don't I get it? The nerve. Well, I mean, one, I actually really, really like Candace Owens. So I'll just put that out there. I really like her. I, I, I do see why many people don't. And I think it's because maybe the message, instead of the message coming off like, hey, I really want to make my people or the black um, culture or group aware of this, of these, you know, X facts, it's more of, hey, you guys are down your days of being ignorant. And I think that there's this, you know, um, anyone that's trying to learn new information doesn't want the person saying, hey, you're so dumb that you don't know this already. And I think it's more of the presentation in which she presents it than it really is the fact that, like, a lot of what she says is very factual and very true. But I think it's the delivery. I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's, there is this sense of, like, arrogancy, I guess, that comes out of the message. And it doesn't I feel... Think she's out of touch. She might have been a struggling young girl in a certain time and pulled herself up by her own bootstraps. But like I, I, I don't hate her. I don't hate anyone. But we don't. I don't agree. I, I agree on some things, like two topics. But the pull yourself up by your bootstraps type stuff. I, I think if she's like really insensitive and out of touch. And I bring up like Viola Davis's life versus her life. You know what I mean? But well, you told Davis me to read life, that book, know? and I did. Yes. And I was you, carrying it around you, in the airport. And people were looking at me like I was weird. It's a big book. It did sticks you, out. Did you get it though? I love did that you book. Get it? Like so, and and hers, like all her kindness came from like white social workers and and second grade teachers or whatever. But he didn't know hygiene, you laundry. Know, you, you like you know like. Do you know what I most got from her, by what? You know what I most got? And I'm so glad you told me to read that book. And I kept talking about it. My wife Alex, and she was just like. <laughs> You shut up about that Viola Davis book? Who are you? What are you reading that book for? I said, Mikkel told me to read it. She's like, Mikkel told you. Why does Mikkel want you to read Viola Davis? I said, babe, it's unbelievable. What I got from that book. It was so good. Yeah, was that was that you, Becky? Or was that you, Mikkel? Okay, yeah. Did uh, yeah. I hate calling. Now I, now I don't like calling you Becky. It's too much already. The first, I need to give you a new nickname. <laughs> anyway, anyways, yes. So Viola can I tell Davis you what I got from that came book? from the same perspective. Tell me. Okay. I will never talk, you know, the idea that there were ever a good old days is crazy. There were good old days and then even Adam ate the apple because what I got from her book and then it made me just kind of think of things, even in my own family, ask some questions. Raping children was a real problem everywhere and it was not treated seriously at all. A, you could beat your wife. I mean, my first memory is my grandfather punching my, you know, beating my grandmother up, um, which was a regular occurrence in our family. And the police never showed up. No one ever called the police. And I know that was just a deal back in the day. But also that this idea, she talks about the creepy old man and it was kind of the young girl's fault if the creepy old, what is it? Dirty old man catches you. And um, just the acceptance in our society of child sex abuse is really utterly unbelievable. So this idea of the good old days is, um, and you can see why the ideologies we have today, where they come from, right? Where does feminism well, come from? Like, where does the rage the in the, I, oh, go ahead. She's out of touch. She's out of touch. 
that's it. I just believe that she's out of touch. I don't know. She hasn't been poor for a long time. So, and I'm sure it was traumatic. I don't doubt all her bruises, but I think she's just, she doesn't represent the actual poor who are like, in fourth grade and can't focus on reading because you know they have on the same pad for two weeks you know like it's like i don't like i don't know who she's talking to yeah but then she talks about how the the great society's intentional dismantling of the but isn't that where her anger comes from and yay's anger comes from is how the great society either intentionally or unintentionally people you can't talk down to people you it's your job to meet the people where they are you know, I if think you're, since you're the intelligent one, you mm. have to stoop like a teacher has to get down to the level to get people to learn. You know, the Bible says you can't feed a hungry man. You got to feed him first and then he can hear you. She's not encouraged. She's not bringing any encouragement. It's like you're going to feel like something's wrong with you. Yeah, you I mean, I think so. Again, it's, it's, I think there's no goes, love there. Yeah, I think it just goes back to like her delivery and. When you're sending a message, are you sending that message in love or are you sending that message like in the mind? You know, if it's, if it's about intelligence, if it's about someone not knowing something, shame on them for not knowing it more than you, then you're not really operating in a place of love. And I just think that like that's really where I think a lot of her messages like just miss the mark. Um, there will always be vulnerable people. There always will be um, poor people. I mean, we read about this in the word it's going to be there from the beginning to the end of times you know and so thinking that every group can pull themselves up by their bootstraps not necessarily true but do i think that there's a lot of things in mainstream media that kind of have i would say um shielded or put a you know put a veil over the system and the machine and the matrix and how that actually um how these programs and what they're really you know set up to do are they set up to provide love? Are they really set up to support you? Are they really set up to actually um, create more dependence on these systems so that, you know, they can have more control over you? So I just think that it's about finding the root, finding where, like, the love is and what the actual intent is by the program, by the media, by the narratives that are being told to you. And I think that um, what I think, I think that Candace Owens is extremely necessary because I think that the mainstream side of media the more liberal more hollywood side of media is just so far um it's just so far from reality it's so far from facts it's so far from our history um it's so far from historically where people of color come from you know and all of our beautiful ancestry that i think that this has really gotten lost with modern day systems so i think Candace is unnecessary Um, I I think that she is needed, but I do think that there are more things that will bridge the gap. I think that eventually we won't need to see, you know, a white lives matter fashion week and no one know exactly what that artistic expression is in the near future. If we continuously engage in dialogue, but the idea is that as long as we continue to have divisive rhetoric and, Oh my God, I can't even stand the fact that she's standing next to Candace, then we're never going to get to the point of, understanding what these dialogues bring out you know um having good healthy debate having good dialogue and discussion allows us to get to the more root of you know our purposes here in this world and at this time and what we came here to do and operate our gifts and we can't operate our highest like our highest vibration if we're not having these types of dialogues i mean that's all i like i think that it's needed 
Um, you know, I think that it's needed. And I think that this idea that someone disagrees with me and I'm going to cancel them, I just think it's so ridiculous. And I think that we're headed in a very, very, um, I don't know, I think it's getting really boring. Um, everyone's trying to agree with everyone, of, of, you know, being afraid to share and be courageous and just be who they are and believe, believe what they believe. So I just think that... Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Like we can disagree with people on really important things and still like them. You and I recently were having, uh, drinks with this, uh, gay conservative guy and you laughed that I really wanted him to know I believed in traditional marriage. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the mm-hmm. reason I wanted him to really understand that I disagreed with him on that was so that he could understand I liked him and could be his friend, even though we disagreed. I, I thought it was important yeah. for him to know we disagreed, that I didn't want him to believe that I liked him based on our shared agreement on an issue, this issue. I want him to know I disagree with you on this issue, issue, but clearly you can tell by how I'm acting to you that I like you. And even though this yeah. issue to me is very fundamental, I can still admire you and like you and even have some empathy and understanding to where you're coming from without having to agree with you. Right. We, we ended up talking for like two more hours after that. But I thought it was extremely incredible. I've never seen someone really interrupt someone in that way where people are very sensitive, you know, to feeling ousted or uncomfortable or not welcomed. And just to like state, hey, here's here's my my viewpoint. And I know that you disagree with it, but we're going to continue to talk for a couple more hours and just, you know, um, share our thoughts and just enjoy each other. And that was something I haven't seen in a very long time. So pick up to you, Jason. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it 1989 forever, you know. But <laughs> Love it. <laughs> could it be like, you know, Malcolm X talked about how we need to fear the white liberal more than anyone. Could it be that Candace is presented in a way that's unfair to her by the mainstream media that inculcates no, prejudice? No, she presents herself. No. She's responsible <laughs> for that. No. Yeah, I know. I think. I think she likes the way she's being presented. Correct. Um, but, you know, again, I I think that a lot of people wouldn't be talking about these subjects if there was no Candace Owens. So I am of the very firm opinion that she's absolutely needed. And I and I love the fact that she's around the table. Like I, I love her place in all of these conversations. Like, I love when she comes up because we love to have like, even if it's an extreme opposite opinion, like, I love to, um, I love the fact that there is one. And it's unfortunate that everything has to be, everyone has to be on so many different opposite sides, but that's just the way I think our society is today. Is it? You know? And I think that, I think that the we more agree we agree on some things, I'm yeah. not, yeah, I, like, we agree on the way she feels about trans, transgender woman stuff. Um, you know, hospitals for women, you know, we agree on a couple things, more women driven things, but the other stuff I'm like, I don't, have you gone to a public school in, you know, in Flint or like in, you know, Louisiana? Like, what are you talking about? What yeah. bootstraps are you doing? They don't even have boots, dude. Like, what are you saying? Is it mm-hmm. that she's like her target for ridicule to me seems to be like liberal, white, college educated, smarmy folks. And so she's, she yeah, firing so. at them and not even really paying attention to how she's perceived in the black community. You think that could be part of it? Yeah. I think she's absolutely targeting uh, the upper elite, the college educated, 
um, you know, the people that are in high, you know, executive positions on on the the liberal side, the left side. Um, I, I think that you know, the average, you know, um, uh, person is it, kind of like, well, we're not elite, or we're not political analysts, or we're not, you know, and that's my way. It might the message might become come a little bit strong. And like, you know, I would like, like Mikkel said, like when it's like about, you know, the transgender and how that kind of, how that kind of pulls into our everyday life or her experience giving birth, you know, in the hospital, like, mm-hmm. you know, very real things like that's when it's like, okay, like I understand what you're talking about. And so I think that the more I think she, she talks about those types of subjects, like just the everyday experience, the more I think she can start to relate. But, you know, I, I do agree um, when it comes with the, you know, um, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and some of this, like, you know, we know that there will always be vulnerable people. You know, that's my friend who said he wanted to smack her. He was that, that comment, I guess, I guess it's become a meme about her. He's like, you know, telling people to pull themselves. And this is a very successful guy. And but that made him so angry. And here's what I would say, not that I'm successful in any way, but as a, as a guy that should be sweeping up, truck lots, you know, and, and, and that should be what I'm doing for a living. Um, everything I've been able to do is even though I worked very hard and sacrificed and lived in my car and other things, um, it's because of, I've been blessed to have good people around me, whether it was a teacher or, you know, my NCOs in the army that didn't kick me out after my third article 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm uh, so, yeah, the idea that you can pull yourself up from your, your by your bootstraps isn't true. You can surround yourself. You can surround yourselves by with good people. You can try to make right decisions. You can be disciplined and ordered and look for mentors. Um, but the idea it's, it's, that you're going to pull yourself yeah. up, that's that, that's just not that's actually if you look at your life at any level of success and say you got yourself there on your own. You're clearly not giving credit to where credit's due to people who've helped you. It makes the vulnerable feel even more inadequate. It makes people like, you know, a mother of three, she has three eggs. Peter, like it makes you feel it's like, what am I doing that Candace didn't do or this person didn't do? Or it's like, that's a defeated feeling. It's no love there. So I'm like, how are you fighting? And, and, and you're setting a different kind of expectation to the people you're targeting because the, the, every black person they meet aren't going to be you. So that's yeah. like, what? Right. And that's where you go and back to the Viola Davis, who obviously became very successful. You, you said Correct, like, but she could not have done it without like a community of people. And what and, she did in know, her book was 90% of them were white. Yeah. And, and Viola outlined in very intimate detail how she's been haunted she by compassion trauma came to her in a white face. Yeah. That was so profound. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, but she also outlines, you know, how she had been, um, shackled by, you know, horrible things. And, um, maybe Candace need, I don't know how we're talking about Candace. We're supposed to be talking about yay, but yeah, I think Candace, um, but that goes to your point. Um, <laughs> I almost used your name, Becky. If she wasn't, yes, if she wasn't in there, I think it would have been like, okay, what is he doing? But because it's like, she, 
we know that her view seems to be she has more compassion, less compassion for her people. It's like because okay. no one doubts that Ye has compassion, right? No, no one. No one. No one. No one. Yeah, absolutely no not. I mean, I think that everything that he does, um, you know, regardless if people understand it or not, like there is a love root that mm-hmm. that you can follow in his speech and intent that mm-hmm. he really wants to. Um, create a community that he wants to build communities that he wants to um, empower individuals and like I said I think this idea of everyone is accountable for everything that happens to them um, you know it is it, it comes from a, a very like um, this it doesn't come from a loving place it's like intellectually we can sit down and put the 10 traits or characteristics or environment that someone grows up in and how one person can take that very rich family, very, um, you know, filled with resources and completely lose that opportunity, you know, and fall into, there's tons of examples of that where they fall into drugs or a number of different things or hang out with the wrong friends growing up and then end up in a bad situation. So I think that there's, you know, situations on both sides of the spectrum. I just don't think it's a one size fits all. And I think that when you operate in the place of like love and that's your pure intent with what you're doing and what you're driving and what your purpose is, then I think that, you know, people can give you the grace. They can see, Mm -hmm. they can see that you can, they can feel that like energetically Mm -hmm. as you're pouring that into your purpose or your speeches or your presentations or who you're interacting with. And Mm -hmm. I, and, and you can tell the difference when it's all in the mind, when it's all about logic and it's all about, well, this, this, you have all the you have all the resources and you shouldn't use this and you should go on Google and you should educate yourself. I don't think that's always the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Is there some of that that needs to happen in our society? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I think a lot of it is we're not actually acknowledging um, the grand amount of systems. And I think that that's what, I think that what, what Ye does so well is that he highlights the systems, the systems that are programming each of us to not realize our full power, not understand the network, not understand where we're putting our dollar at and the power of our dollar, the power of economic um, wealth and what that means for not us, but our legacies and um, what we can do as we partner in and, and operate as one community. So I think all of that is, hey, how are these systems set up to break up the family, break up, you know, the ability to work. Why do you feel like you're working, you know, overtime, but you still don't have enough food on the table? How, what is inflation? What is inflation actually do? It's like robbing from every American family right now. How, like, how is inflation robbing you? It's, these are not, these are not simple systems. Robbing that, the like, poorest of the very- poor. I mean, they can talk I about know. tax breaks, hey, tax cuts, I mean, benefits, this, that, right. forgiving student loans. But when you're robbing right. single moms with inflation, which mm-hmm. is what we're doing, with the yes. most, inflation like, is the most regressive only. tax in the world. It's the most yeah. regressive way to tax. It's the most regressive way it for is, government to get our money. But Jason, though, how, how, how common knowledge is that? We're talking like we're all educated on this phone right now. But do you know how complicated that is for me to understand that? Just like sit down, I have to think with it. Not, I mean, I'm someone who worked in banking for how many years, right? In private equity and, and investment banking. But you have to like think through it because you're so, like you're so far removed from policies and how these everyday policies. You're like, oh yeah, wow, that went up fifty cents. That means I'm what my dollar is worth less and what I'm 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 actually poorer today than I was six months ago. 
Like you have to like fit in with those concepts because you're so focused on whatever's happening that day, whatever you have to do for whoever you have to call, whatever work you have to do, whatever meetings you have. And you, it's, it's, it's really unprogramming your mind to be like present, present with your policies, present with what's happening around you, present with global events and why they're happening the way they're happening. Right. So it's not even just inflation. It's also, okay, when you give someone a housing voucher, why do you give them more to go to a white suburban area than down the street and keeping that community together? Well, that's to break up the community. Why is it strategically done that way? Right? So there's like so many more deeper things that go into our policy. And what's the stra- structural racism time. embedded in that? Just when you, you, you hearing you say right. it, I think to when I was a child, I lived in a community that, where that was done, where... Uh, they they um, brought people from the inner city to our neighborhood, and then mm-hmm. bought them places. And of course, the 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 um, story that they were telling everyone was, um, you know, it's to get put them into a nice neighborhood where there's no crime, they have opportunity. In other words, what they were saying is, when black people live around each other, there's going to be crime. Let's dilute them into the white communities. There won't be. So it's racist. This is what I tell uh-huh. my conservative yeah. white friends who say there's not structural racism. I say, of course there is oh, yeah. uh, Planned Parenthood. Of First and foremost, look at that. You, you cannot of deny that. Um, it's, it's the left that's no. erecting these structures of racism. Always has been. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. So isn't that where absolutely. Candace and Kanye agree? It's just the way Candace speaks upsets people. I guess Kanye does too now. It's loveless. It's oh, yeah. passionless. I mean, She's out of touch with I, 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 the I, peanut butter and jelly mom. I, I will say completely the social security lady who's eating cat food. She's out of touch. Yeah, I I will also say that I mean people are definitely pissed at Yay. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that um, they don't understand it. They think it's like someone's maybe like brainwashing him in some way, shape, or form. Um, there's been a lot of that. I think that because he's just so. I think it's really true. I don't think he can be canceled. I don't. I don't think he can be canceled. I think that he he brings too much. And he just brings too much to this world um, in the form of all of his gifts. And that I think it's it's kind of hard to deny. It's kind of hard to deny his his music, his his art, his his fashion, his design. Um, you know the things that he's doing in the in the communities. Um, I think that he's still relatable. So I think it's like when when he, when he brings up these topics like Planned Parenthood, they're like, wait a minute. We've been told that, you know, we need to focus on the woman's right to choose and the woman's right on her body. These are the like, reasons they say and, he's crazy. Right. And those are the reasons that he says crazy. But at the same time, the, it's, it's a completely, it's a, it's a subject change, right? Mm-hmm, One is talking mm-hmm. about a woman and her rights, which is like a woman has the right to choose her body, but a woman can't have a right to say that she's a woman. Like, so... That's just confusing to me, but then on the same at the same time, we're not even actually talking about abortion and actually talking about um, you know um, uh, people of color and what's happening in the communities in regards to like he calls it the genocide of the black race, right? He's not lying, and he's not lying. It's not like that's not lying around it. That's what he's saying. He's not lying, and he's not he's lying. He's saying when he it's talks part about, of the genocide. Yeah, Period. he's not lying. When he, when he, when he, again, it's you want to find the truth. You find out the root and the intent. The intent of Planned Parenthood and how he highlighted that in the interview is absolutely correct. 
Um, and I think that when you, um, when you listen to him, people are, I think it, it again, it, it brings up questions. It brings up people saying, wait, wait a minute, where did that come from? And why did it come that way? But I think that we have a very small attention span. So maybe they might've Googled some of the people that he brought up and then that was it, right? You have to go so far down and really, really seek out truth in order to catch the, the gems, I think, that he was saying in that interview. Um, and I think that um, I think that he's doing a really great job of um, highlighting his compassion and his grace for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. when he talked for about Kim, Donna the way he talked about Donna Kim and his children was adorable. Like, you just fell in love with the guy. I felt like yeah. he loved her. He was worried about her and his children, his family. And, yeah. um, I mean, I kept hearing my wife sigh. She said, oh, but she just felt for him. And, and, and maybe mm-hmm. not that he, it's interesting that we will call yay crazy, but we're not going to call Elon Musk or Peter Thiel crazy or Tulsi Gabbard crazy. But there's a type of new leader, and I would put yay, Tulsi, Peter Thiel, Kanye, uh, I mean, uh, Elon Musk, they're just sort of out of the box, very strange. They say things out loud that maybe you would keep to yourself. Um, Corky, right? Courageous. But the one that they call crazy is yay. They're not calling, you know, Peter Thiel crazy. They're not calling Elon Musk crazy. They're eccentric geniuses. Well, because of his lack of composure in the past. That's why he did that interview and he was like being very composed. Because of his outburst. And he kind of explained his outburst. He said, I was being stifled. I couldn't say what I wanted to say. I was being held Mm -hmm. hostage. I was being bullied. And that's Mm -hmm. like when you're, when stuff's pent up, you're gonna, like, it's gonna come out. It's like, you can't, you can't hold it for too long. Like, he explained it. He's like, imagine, like, my manager said I couldn't say it. This person said I couldn't say it. It's like, it's me. Why can't I say what I want to say? You know? So he would have Mm -hmm. these outbursts. Once, Mikkel, once when I asked you, I called you and I said, hey, is Kanye, is, does he struggle with mental illness? And you just like went off on a tangent and you're like, so what if he does, does that cancel and avoid all of his thoughts and opinions? Like, so what percentage of us struggle with mental illness? Right. Correct. And so what, so what if he does? And by the way, he's going through a divorce. Obviously that's still raw that unfolded. And it, and it, and it, to me, it displays a type of like, he's so comfortable in his own skin that he can just kind of riff on the pain of divorce and in a way yeah. that you would only do with a friend while sitting in their couch in their house. You know, he's talking that way mm-hmm. to Tucker in front of all of America. And I thought, I've had this conversation with a thousand friends. There just weren't cameras, you know, not a thousand, but I've had a lot of friends go through divorce and I've had the same conversations that he was talking about the same types of emotion and sentiment were being expressed. Why can't we accept people publicly dis- displaying thoughts and emotions that and in private we find perfectly acceptable, but then when they display them publicly, we call them crazy. Because mainstream wants us to be robots. Mm-hmm. We are Borg. Resistance is futile. We yeah. want to make everyone American. We don't, if you're a cobbler, we don't care if you build castles, if your family, you know, does lacing that's a hundred years old. Nope. Hot dog hamburgers and, and some kind of sexual kink, video games and Thanksgiving. And that's as long as you, 
That's all. You, you, get all your family Mikkel, that's your thing. You're like, all they want to know about us is our sexual kinks. That's it. Don't do nothing that's else. It. Just tell me your that's letter. You I just want to know your now. letter. What's that's your letter? And if you don't have it, something's wrong with you. Oh, that, I am heterosexually archaic. That's my sexual origin. What is that's that? What letter? Name. What letter is that? It, uh, I, it's, uh, I guess it's H A hot <laughs> heterosexually archaic. That's me. Hawk. Yeah. That's my way. Heterosexually <laughs> archaic. Hawk. You're a hawk. You should make a flag. You should make a flag. You need a flag. No, you need colors. No batteries included. If no you don't have a letter no or a flag, you don't. You don't. You're not real. On. You're not real. Everybody's, everybody's the lights eyes are on. Open. The lights on. And the eyes. Everyone's now we're good. This is a family. Open. This is a Catholic show. There's four. Here we involved. go. Oh no. <laughs> Here we no, go. No, it's so <laughs> honestly, like it's the. I mean, honestly, it's it's getting super weird, too weird. Like it's getting super weird. I think back to you know, like child sex abuse. You know, um, like prepping these and like film and media and all over the place, all over social. You know, for just younger and younger groups of adolescents, it's just. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. And I think that um, people saying, oh, well, you know, it, it makes them feel more comfortable that they can be who they are. I'm like, they're not even 12 yet. They're not even 12. Like, then why don't we just say okay to child marriages and make that mainstream again? That's a good I comparison. Mean, yeah, why are we opposed to child marriages? We shouldn't give them any ideas, really. <clears throat> um, yeah, yet... I mean, yet well, children can mutilate themselves at five. They can right. five. By the way, look, you can influence your kids. My son, when he was four, wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Okay, we're an Army family. That's not going to happen, okay? <laughs> so I had to put in his brain that he wanted to be an Army Green Beret. <laughs> now my eight-year-old son runs around the planet Earth hunting ISIS in his Army Green Beret. His backpack, his rifle. <laughs> He doesn't even remember that he one day wanted to be a Navy SEAL long ago. We put that, I've influenced him. Now imagine I'm some insane leftist parent that wants to be cool. Like, you know what Munchausen syndrome by proxy is? Yes. Where you, when you, when you, when you fake an illness for your child so you can get attention. Yeah. I think that's what trans is. It's Munchausen syndrome by proxy and they will mutilate their children so that they can virtue signal at the PTA meeting and they can complain to their family and friends and coworkers of how insensitive everyone is to their children, their child's needs. Because on Monday, he's a boy. On Tuesday, he's a girl. And I'm on sure Thursday, he's like a cat. a case or something out there, but I don't know, you know? I, I mean, think. I think, I mean, again, I don't really understand. So, because I don't have those emotions, um, you know, I, I don't really have anyone that's really close to me that's in the transgender community so it's hard for me to really to really understand fully but what I will say is I think that it's kind of confusing if I was a transgender you know individual as part of that community and I would think that my environment had nothing to do that had nowhere shape or form um what I took in what information I got had no say at all because if you go in many places, especially in the developing world, um, 
many different communities. You don't see anything like this. Um, and, you know, I, I, I have a hard time accepting that culture and environment has nothing to do with this. What we're exposed to has nothing to do with this. It just seems, um, again, I don't know the numbers. Um, last time I checked, it was like 0.01%, I, I guess, of the population is, um, you know, identified as transgender. Um, but, you know, I don't, I, I don't like to talk about the topic a lot when it comes to what they believe and what they don't believe. I just think that when we start to move general large policies to fit it, that's when I think it gets very, um, it gets confusing. Because if the, the real goal is equality, then why would we change traditional policies that deal with the majority of people to fit the minority? I mean, we don't do that for any other minority. We definitely don't do it for black people. So I'm with you. We put a trans, we put a trans woman in a, in a female jail and impregnated in New Jersey two inmates. Like how we know this person has a penis, but because they say that they're a woman, they can be like, what we like, what do you like? What? Yeah. Why? Like, why did you do that? It's just, I, you're you know, going to convince me like that. No, you cannot be in here. You have the penis. Right. Right. And I, I just think that like the, again, operate from a love center. Right. So there's no judgment. There's no anything. But the, the, the fact is right now, I think we're hurting a larger population of people by trying to create this weird gray space in law and policy and social fabric and culture um, that I, 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 I have to really, honestly, I have to sit in like a transgender round table and really get to the bottom of this because I'm starting to feel um, more so that this is like a cover up just to create complete chaos in policies. And, like, and, and dismantle the say, family. Just to dismantle everything, um, because then we could just say, "Oh, well, you feel differently today." I mean, like literally, to where people are afraid to say, "I am a woman. I am a man." Um, there is what no, is there thing? is no, there is no line in the sand, and that can create. I mean, the just of the the fabric of all of our laws and all of our social structure is completely dismantled. I mean, how can you even call people feminists anymore? We have transgender um, women who are fighting as feminists. It's getting confusing. Yeah, you have people calling themselves feminists campaigning for dudes to be able to fight women in MMA fighting so long as they say they're a girl. So you want men punching women in the face and you call yourself a feminist. Oh, they're not a man. They're a biological man. Okay, you want a biological man punching a biological woman in the face. How about this? If you're a biological man, I don't care what you identify as, you are going to fight biological men if you want to step in a cage. How about that? The state of New Jersey put a biological male in a female jail. Yeah, you could be a female in in a biological male jail. How about that? You're a biological male, and you will be with biological males in your prison. Have fun. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, it's just, again, you know, I think that this concept of it's coming from a hateful place or a judgment place. It's not actually. It's just coming from a place where it's like, okay, where are we going to actually hold the actual policies 
structure? Like, what are we basing it off of? I mean, we've moved so far away away from, you know, traditional concepts. But at the very least, I think that, um, you know, we need to stay consistent. You know, we say science matters when it comes to forcing people to take vaccines, but it doesn't, it doesn't come into play when we're talking about the transgender community and some of the policies that we're putting in again in the jail system, in our sports federations, um, in our schools. Um, it's just kind of like, I don't know, to me, I think that the strategy from the left side isn't about love at all. Because it's not really loving to force um, others to then agree with you, right? So I think that this is kind of like we're going to push these policies down your throat for everything that you didn't do for us in the past, right, as a minority. It's just, I mean, you just don't see any other minority doing such things. Well, and so I don't I just, believe it's I, this trans, quote-unquote, trans community obviously isn't the one leading the charge on this. It's not like no, there's a not. bunch of trans guys sitting around with billions of dollars controlling every major corporation in the world. It's this agenda is not, they're, they're being used. And you know, we've drifted from Kanye. I really had this kind of epiphany a couple of weeks ago when I saw what they were doing with fertilizer. And I realized like global warming and the rainbow flag, the target isn't even really the United States, Western Europe. I really do believe that the target is Asia and Africa, the developing world. Because you cannot get aid unless you swallow, like, the two poison pills of the alphabet soup. And uh, you have to eat the alphabet soup. And then you have to buy into the global warming agenda. And the global warming agenda, first, they created energy deserts uh, for the poorest of the poor. And now they're literally fomenting food insecurity around the world. And, um, And then if they accept the alphabet soup into these traditional societies, they're going to see the disintegration and breakdown of the family and the community, which will, of course, make them much easier to control outside forces. Uh, So I really think that the rainbow flag um, riding in on the horse of global warming is imperialism today, is colonialism today. That's where it's at, because they're not giving these countries aid unless they accept these lies. Um. It's quite it's quite frightening to me, especially like rolling into this year, which we're going to see epic. You it know, is quite hunger. it is quite frightening. Just seeing attacks on the different Muslim states, Islamic states, um, you know, and their fabric in general. Um, you know, it's you know, I think that there needs to be a level of respect for different people's beliefs. I mean, that's the whole reason why the transgender community became as you know, a community where we needed to hear, hear, hear where their thoughts were, hear what they were feeling, um, sympathize and understand, right? But then it became, well, no, you know, I don't want you to sympathize and understand. I want you to agree on my way or my perspective of life too. And now it's then it's like, okay, make room. Then it was, no, you have to get on to this definition or else. I mean, to go as far as to change the definition of what a woman is. If you look it up right now, um, women that were are that are biologically women at birth are considered to be cis women. I mean, I mean, just for the fact of the matter is, you change the definition on a biological woman, and you know what? Women who then transfer into being a you know a transgender trans woman are considered to be women. No cis, 
no additional definition. And I think that that's just very interesting to me. It, it shows like really the degradation, the disrespect of the woman in general, um, not just over the years, over historical times, whether it's, you know, um, women in the beginning, then it goes into black women. And now we're going into um, just changing our definition. I mean, that is. Um, I'm going to simplify old- it. How are you going to cut your penis off and say you're the same as your mom? Like your mom has no special place. Moms don't get nothing. We just, we're just there. You cut your penis off and your mom are the same. No. I'm yeah. sorry. No. We're yeah. not the same, son. Yeah, how is this? How are we even in a place where we're talking about this? It's so strange. Kanye. Traditional well, family. No, this I mean, is, I'm just again, as a society. You know? Like, that. this is again. so... Five years, ten years again. ago, no one on earth would have disagreed with us. All of a sudden, with no studies, no debate, no referendums, no even advertising campaigns. Like, they just hit a switch. If you want to believe in conspiracies, like Kanye... You know, Kanye said it seemed like, you know, there's... Uh, he said, I'm not being a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy theorist, but he just... It does just seem like they hit a switch and they're all on the same talking, uh, talking off the same piece of paper. Well, we weren't invited to any discussions on any of this. And by the way, who's been the big victim of the quote unquote trans lobby, which I think has nothing to do with people who are wrestling with that. It's been Mm -hmm. black men like uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. They they Mm -hmm. weaponize the alphabet people to target Someone they could have never... How are you going to go after Dave Chappelle? How? There was one way. Invent the alphabet people. And so they, they took their one way to go after him. Same thing with mm-hmm. Kevin Hart. For something like... Mm-hmm. is a silly little tweet. How could they have gone after Kevin Hart? There was no other tool in their toolbox but the alphabet people that they could use. And I hate even saying that because like the gentleman we were talking to obviously didn't agree with any of that stuff. And I, I, and I said, well, you're not special, mm-hmm. right? I bet you none of your friends do either. He goes, no, of course not. No. Um, right. Isn't that interesting? The whole, again, it's just the root of using people to make them believe that they're not being loved or not being cared for as a way to fight back, right? To fight against anyone that disagrees with them. Well, that's not love, Right. It's not loving. The whole idea is that we can continue to be diverse, um, come from multiple different perspectives, and still be able to love one another. And that's the key point of that. But no, I think that the whole um, transgender movement and how it's literally taken over legislation, conversation, this conversation, every conversation is not about the the right that they're fighting for at all at all i think it's a complete um just confusion chaos i don't think it's about love at all um you know and again you wouldn't have to change the definition of a woman if it was about love right Mm -hmm. you you don't have to you don't have to tear down another in order to create place for you that is fundamentally not love so i think that it's it's very clear that there is a larger strategic move to keep us talking about these topics that we can go around and around in circles all day long. And guess what? We're still going to be on different ends. And I think that's the whole point that we can get 
stuck on the merry-go-round um, and not actually talk about inflation, not actually talk about the wars that are being, um, you know, where people are dying all over the world, um, you know, where there's, like you said, um, starvation and famine and a number of things are going on. But no, we're going to be on the merry-go-round of the transgender topic. Yeah, Pakistan, 3.4 million children. Right. Yeah, half of Underwater. Afghanistan starving. Underwater. Half of Underwater. Afghanistan starving. What's the? I call it the. You remember that commercial? How many licks to the Tootsie Roll Pop? Yeah. And then the owl, owl a, would just a, get tired and just crunch it. In an animation, yeah. Well, yeah. how many licks till we get to real problems? We're dealing with global warming. Exactly. We're not talking about the poisoning of rivers, lakes, and streams, the ocean anymore. Right. We're not talking or about food. that, or you know what we call the. You know, I said I'm not calling. Electric cars, green cars anymore. I'm calling them black and brown cars. Why? Because they're they're black and brown cars. Why? Because they're powered by coal-generated electricity, black coal-generated electricity, and those batteries are the rare earth minerals are mined by brown children. So they're not green. They're black and brown. But we'll never get to that because there's too many letters in the alphabet. We're never going to get to yeah. famine because somewhere yeah. a, a mom was upset that a dude in a dress was reading a book to their children at a library. So they're mm-hmm. just going to keep throwing this insanity at us. We're, we're like capital city in the hunger games. We're dressed up like lunatics. We're insane. Yeah. We, we have our dogs that we pamper and we carry around everywhere. And then in the other mm-hmm. districts, there's war, there's famine, yeah. there's violence, but see, Kanye brought up the schools in Chicago. This is why I loved him. You have a school in Chicago, mm-hmm. Harper High School. You are more likely to be shot at Harper High School than you would be if you joined the United States Marines. That is not hyperbole, to quote. You know, when uh, uh, when Joe Biden mm-hmm. says it's not hyperbole, it means he just made it up. I was I was raised in the black church. I was I was basically raised by Puerto Ricans. Not hyperbole. But it is not hyperbole to say, no, you are more likely to be shot as a student at Harper High School in Chicago than if you join the United States Marines. And so Kanye brings this up, and um, he's like, you know, when there's a shooting at a white school, the whole world stops. But this is happening every day in Chicago, and we can never talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's bizarre to me. And I hope that Kanye and or Ye inspires more and more artists to chime in where he's making sense. Well, I think that it's about having the courage to lose everything you have. And I think that that is a really difficult um, place to be in, you know, for influencers and people who are in the art, art, you know, artistic expression and painting or drawing or music. Um, entertainers it's you have to be willing to say i'm going to drop everything and lose everything i have lose my platform in order to say something on this platform and i think that's why they don't do it you know and i think that gaze has gotten to a place where he can create his own platform you know he said it you can't cancel he says i'm uncancelable yeah and what i hope is that he uses forms in his birthday party whether that's political or 
in other media platforms or in manufacturing and doing big, big industry business and using, you know, um, more from an economic standpoint, his, his platforms to create um, an institution and institutionalize the ability of free speech again. Because it's not free speech if you have to give up everything in order to say it. That's fundamentally not free speech. Oh, that's a good point. You know, and I think that I think that they have, um, you know, by making the mass media or the mass population agree to the algorithms that they've pushed, and they think that oh well, it's not you are having free speech. It's just that people don't like what you're saying. You're just in the time. You're just in the you know the town square. So we just put an A on you, but you know again, you did what you wanted to do. You said what you wanted to say. Sorry if you get stoned to death. No. This is just a new town square where we just film people to death and everyone else just looks and thinks it's normal and say they deserved it. Yeah, we are still um, the children of Puritans, aren't we? Are, we did you guys yeah. have to read the Scarlet Letter in, in like eighth grade or ninth grade? I forget what it yeah. was. Yeah. We put more that letters on that. We, we're putting more letters on people now. The social media companies are stitching letters yeah. on people every day. Yeah. And it's just, why do you think that they won't reveal their algorithm? No, I got an email it's from Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but so, I got an email a couple of years ago from someone at Twitter that said they were going through it, all the people that were being um, shadow banned. And he said that I had been shadow banned since the day I opened up my Twitter account. And he wanted me to know. And, we, <laughs> and I sent it to a friend of mine. I said, does this look legit? He goes, yeah, this is legit. Um, and, uh, it's just bizarre. I since I sort you know you can't publicly boost. Can you believe this? You cannot boost articles on Facebook that mention the word Uyghur. So I can't even boost an article from the New York Times or Washington Post on the Uyghur. Uh, it does not mm -hmm. let me boost. It says it's uh, political, unapproved political political speech. Which, I mean, there is so much documentation, so much article, so much media. They actually have it out there. It's right there for us to see, but they just bury it. So that way that you can't say that, oh, they didn't report on it or that it didn't actually come out or they corrected the article after the fact. Right? Because they just bury it. It's like, well, if it's not promoted and it's not coming up on your feed, then what is that? <laughs> like, just the same thing. You know, we're just um, talking semantics now. So... Um, you know, there's a lot, um, a lot that I think that Ye is doing to bring and highlight so many different things um, that is around this machine and what it what it means to be an individual, what it takes now. And you know, I I love when people can come forward and they do they they need all the support. But you know, I think that the the system needs to change so that. There, people don't have to give up everything to to speak up for the truth and speak up for people in their community. You know, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, again, you know, we're no, talking that's, about that's powerful. You put it that way. It's not free speech if you have to give up everything uh, to say it. Uh -huh. So, can I bring it to the most controversial part of of the AA, which I don't think came up in the interview, but in the, the tweets afterwards. And tomorrow I'm going to have a rabbi. I'm trying to get this rabbi on, or if not, I'm going to have my friend who has a podcast, the Israeli cast. Um, so his comments on Jewish managers. I want to know why you 
Jewish managers or the media can talk about black artists, black recording artists, black actors. But then if a black artist says his Jewish managers, that's anti-Semitic. Probably their managers are Jewish just from, you know, he knows them. So it's not like he's making a leap. So why is it that it's a strange, it's strange, right? Like, you can talk about black recording artists, you, black Hollywood, black Twitter, we- black Twitter, black actors, da-da-da. But then if we were to say Jewish Twitter, Jewish actors, uh, Jewish managers, all of a sudden he's literally being banned from social media. But I could go on Twitter right now myself and say, hey, they're talking about this over at black Twitter or uh, black recording artists or black NBA players. They're not going to ban me from Twitter. But if Kanye tweets, uh, Jewish managers are telling him to influence me. Um, he's banned. I, I, that's what I want to talk to my friend about tomorrow. I don't think it's inherently anti-Semitic to acknowledge well, I don't, the the, the it's not, dominant it's not role. Anti-Semitic unless you're saying something bad about Jewish people, which he didn't. I so, don't think he did. I don't. I don't yeah, think he holds to anti-Semitism. Has there ever been any? No, he he. He didn't say that at all. He didn't say anything against Jewish people whatsoever. So I think it's I, impossible I, for me to be anti-Semitic. I'm Semitic. That's what okay. that's what Ye said. He goes, "I'm Semitic." I don't. I don't know what you mean when you say that. My <laughs> my old my mentor, Brett Moses, who was Jewish, used to say that he was an African American because he was Jewish. This is kind of what you're saying, yeah. right? Like we're we're Semites. They're Semites. Mm-hmm. You're Semites. We, we are. We are. That's what we are. Like, you know. But there is, you know, there is. What's interesting is, I mean, it's not a conspiracy (laughs) theory to say that Hollywood was really created by some really great entrepreneurs who were Jewish, that were raised in ghettos, who had suffered pogroms, that made a way for themselves in the United States. There's a great book that came out in the late 80s. It was called An Empire of Our Own or An Empire of Their Own. It was a really good book. I read it in the 90s. Um, and so I don't think it's – I don't know why we're not allowed to acknowledge the Jewish roots. It's actually a Jewish success story. But there was, you know, in the, in the early 20th century, you had Italians, you had the Irish, you had Jews coming from really repressive societies where they didn't have an opportunity moving into neighborhoods next to each other. And they have a familiarity and they have a, um, you know, it's uh, they banged shoulders. They were making their way in a new country together. And so there always has been sort of this this relationship of, of friendship and solidarity and then also banging heads, right, in the black and Jewish community. And so Kanye being raised by, yay, being raised by a Black Panther probably grew up in this with a lot of these conversations, right? So he speaks kind of freely the way people would speak if cameras aren't in their face and people act shocked. But I don't think anything he said was out of the ordinary or strange. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, Um, not at all. Not at all. I don't think it was against (laughs) any group. Right. So he didn't say anything negative at all. Um, He would say the facts. Um, So... I think that's just, uh, again, it's just a way to figure out how can we find a way to silence him because he's just making too many ripples. So we need to figure out a way to, like, silence him at a greater scale. I just don't think it's going to work. And I think that that more need to come out and say, wow, like, 
it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. I think just agreeing with the fact that we shouldn't only have one conversation online and that shouldn't be dictated by an algorithm. I think it's very odd that people, like mass amounts of people are still okay with this system. Like that's to me, I think more of an issue than it is about what Ye is saying and if I agree with him or not. It's like, wow, I just agree with the fact that we're having a conversation about it. <laughs> like it's just, um, yeah. To have somebody that colors outside of the lines, like thinks outside of the box, it says, I mean, we do have a lot of these kind of exciting people. I will say like, yay, uh, Kanye West, I mean, um, uh, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson, like very interesting mm-hmm. people saying very interesting things um, that's so kind of refreshing. And again, you know, one of my, Mikkel knows this, like I grew up watching this guy and I loved him. And when they kicked him off of social media, it was very upsetting to me was Louis Farrakhan. Now, I've been watching Louis Farrakhan since I was a kid on public access mm-hmm. and then on YouTube. Like, as soon as YouTube came up, I would watch Farrakhan. Am I in any danger of be joining the Nation of Islam? That's never going to happen. But I found him mm-hmm. interesting and entertaining, and a lot of things he said um, I agreed with, and a lot of things <laughs> he didn't agree with. In fact, I snuck. I went to the Million Man March. I made my own press pass. I forged. I used to make press passes to get into things. Could get into concerts everywhere. I'd just make a press pass. You know, Kinkos was my 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 secret weapon to getting in anywhere. And I made a press pass, and I got to. I went to the Million Man March in D.C. and I got backstage and I stuck a microphone in Farrakhan's mouth face. And I and I'm not kidding you. He was standing next to a Native American guy practically butt naked and uh, had, you know, the feather headdress on and it was very interesting. And I put the camera, I mean, I put the, the, the recording in Farrakhan's face and I asked him about abortion and the racism of abortion. I'm trying to get him to come out and speak out against abortion. He didn't take my, my bait and he was very uh, clever in not answering my, he, he did a very good job of not answering my question on the, on the genocide and racism of abortion. Um, but what am I saying? But why would someone like Farrakhan be banned from YouTube? It's very strange to me. And why can't mm-hmm. we have a diversity of, of thought and opinion? Uh, why can't I watch Alex Jones on YouTube? Uh, it, it's, it's just all very strange to me. And it, it started with these guys. And now it's... Well, it's intentional. And then it went to... What you know, about, yeah. We don't want yeah. any dissent. One way of thinking, one way of thought, um, and follow follow the system. We are Borg. Resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're never a mo- we're, that melting pot stuff was like in the twenties. You know, like that no melting pot here. You melt over there and you simulate to be an American. That's it. Yep. Not, no, now it's a factory making interchangeable light bulbs. They can't even be boy light bulbs and girl light bulb and just one light bulb. They can be replaced interchangeably anywhere in society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Abandoned don't go culture. on television and express sorrow at divorce or that your 40-year-old wife is doing things that you feel that's demeaning to her in the public. I mean, that was, to me, the most endearing part when you could see the pain that he was feeling on how his ex-wife is still being exploited in the media. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, they just want to call him a stalker and say that he's a weirdo for feeling real (laughs) things, right? How can I stalk my own kids? Mikkel, you're a stalker. Why are you in South Africa right now? Exactly. To live near your kids. You weird, weirdo stalker, (laughs) you. Crazy stalker. Stalking your kids. Stalking my kids. But look at Pete, all that stalking talk, you know, and he's out, right? And Kanye's either, what, every Tuesday and Thursday or whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like, Pete's gone. Now it's some other dude. So it's, you know, and all he said was, I'm trying to work on my family. He's like, hey, dude, I really like you, but you're crazy. Get Now this nigga's on pills. So, you know. Look at it. He said it. It's not going to last. Oh, he said that? But I think, yes, he he publicly said, dude, please leave my wife alone. <laughs> leave my wife alone. I would have left his wife alone. If I was a dude, I'd have been like, you know what? I, just, I don't want to, yeah, you know, like, respect that. You you handle that. I don't want need the public backlash, you know? He shot his shot, and now he's gone. It lasted, what, six weeks? Mm-hmm. And Kanye's still seeing her, you know, weekly. And Pete <laughs> Wish right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all that, oh, I'm laying in the bed with Kim and all those shots? No, see, I don't, I don't know any of this or that. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So when, so when Kanye said they called me a stalker, it was Kim's boyfriend that called him a stalker? Yeah. Well, you know, he got serious, and then it was announced that he bought the property next door, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's stalking her out! He's stalking her!" Who wouldn't? You know, when I got divorced at twenty-four, um, I got a place as close to my children as possible. Yep. It's because you just don't want them to have to. I think the ideal is they can be living going to both houses both days whenever they want. Like, that seems to be kind of the ideal, wouldn't it be? I'm a little... I'm going to I'm gonna bring up something that no one talks about. I think she's the only one who talks about it. Who It was very appalling to me. I was very confused. This quite intriguing. When Kim and Kanye first got together, where did they live? I don't know. In Kim's bedroom that she grew up in. And they stayed there until the dream house next to the soccer house that he bought was built. Do you think Jay-Z would have moved into Tina Knowles' house in Beyonce's childhood bedroom? No. no. Would you have done it? You would have bought the house next door, right? And be like, okay. She had him in with her baby. Okay. And he's crazy. So what you're saying is, this is a man who 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 loves this woman. Yes. Yeah. Do you think Jay Z would have done that? Even what's his name? God rest his soul. Nipsey Hussle. And, and name somebody. Diddy. You think he would have went to Cassie's mama's house? He'd have been like, no, I'm a king. Yeah, I remember I seeing pictures like- of him. They're just kind of walking around humble. I remember now seeing those pictures. He was in her chair. I was like, what is going on? No one's saying anything. I'm like, it's Kanye West. Yeah, okay, it's a big, nice mansion, but it's her mama's house. What yeah. is happening? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't live anywhere. Yeah. I, wouldn't so I think he's been humble. I think he's done so much. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything that he's doing right now. There's so many things that he's doing that he could like literally just chill. He's like he said it. You know, rich. He's not doing this stuff for money. Like, you know. But the more he, the more he does these courageous things, the more the more important he becomes. But you see how great Americans are. What I love is Americans like yeah 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 we love him. Just people are loving him. I just find I love him. That you you know that the more he talks, the more people love him. And I don't have to understand everything he does, but I because you know like he's getting it. I agree with. I think he's getting the same divine download as many people. Ooh, that's I'll a good say point. That. It's happening like all at once. No, when coming, Eminem is on the from, top of the Christian Becky charts. Becky is one of them. Becky is one of them. She's been saying this stuff pre him. That's what, like when he says stuff, I'm always like, was he on the phone? Like, did he hear you? Did who hear? <laughs> I know. Becky. So weird. No, but who's Becky, Becky listening to? God. I love it. She's like going through her lineage and then coming up saying these profound things. And I'm like, Kaye said the same thing. Well, I don't want to give away who Becky is, but Becky is from the the (laughs) oldest Christian kingdom on earth. Can I I say that? The cradle of civilization. It's the oldest Christian kingdom on earth. The gospel has been there since the first century. Muhammad Mm -hmm. fled there for protection. Can I say all this? Do I, I give it away? <laughs> Do people know where we are now? True. Yeah, it's true. It, true. Yeah, and a Christian kingdom protected him. Yeah, the the this birthplace of civilization. Uh, uh, yeah, purportedly the home of the Ark of the Covenant, but I believe that it was assumed into heaven. Is what I believe. The home of Lila Bella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're we're all going there soon together. We are. We are. <laughs> we are. So when are we meeting in this unnamed country uh, that was the longest kingdom <laughs> in the history of the planet Earth? Is that true? That it was the longest extant yeah. kingdom in the history of the planet Earth? Absolutely. When did the kingdom begin? First, first queen ever mentioned in the Old Testament. That's right. We're talking about Ethiopia. <laughs> and so when... Yeah, we're talking about Ethiopia. <laughs> I mean, we, I just... For those of you know... Who didn't know? So when did the yeah. kingdom? It ended with Haley Selassie, correct? Yeah. And then when? It, when was the kingdom birthed? Oh man, oh I have no idea. I mean, it had to be before the sixth century. Yeah, like it's a long time ago. A long time ago. We're talking about Old Testament. I mean, unbroken lineage. We're talking about like what is that? What is it? What is what is Queen of Sheba come up in? Like what? Genesis or Exodus? I have no idea. Well, but, but the point is, that's why you're getting the direct downloads from God, because the grace of yeah. like 2,000 years of Christmas. That's what I believe. I mean, down to farming, housing, like you name it. Like, you know, he's like, if we do this and we do that, if we bring things to Africa, we don't need your handouts. Like the whole thing. It's like, whoa. Well, see, I'm ex- and, then, and then, yeah, he gets on an interview the next day and says everything I just said. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> This is super weird. See, this is what but I yeah, tell I, people, Becky. This is what I tell Mikel. I say, if 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 the world knew me like they know Steve Bannon, they would say the same things about me that they say about Steve Bannon. Because I know Steve Bannon; he's a kind, thoughtful, gentle, good man. See, now if you were on Tucker Carlson talking, they would say you're crazy. Oh, for sure, for sure. 
Right? But again, I'd rather be the crazy Noah building the ark and be on the boat. So, yeah, I'm it, all for it. My only goal <laughs> in life is not to hurt people's feelings. Like that, seriously, I just want to be kind. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to be cruel, especially to vulnerable Absolutely. people. Like this is it. And one of the reasons yeah. I love my podcast is, hey, I'm too small to be canceled. Yay is too big to be canceled. I could say what I want and no one cares, but I get to be really who I want and say what I think. And I hope in saying what I really think makes people, you know, is in some way healing or edifying to human other people. And so well, I think when, yeah, I think when more people feel that they can resonate with what's being said and they, they it allows them to be empowered to step into their spirit of courage as well. And that's where, God calls us to be right to step into strength and courage, um, not in fear. Right? It's like courage is not the absence of fear. It's about stepping into um, your full self despite a fear. So I think that that's just as long as we do that, we give other people permission to do that as well. Yeah, and I don't fear death. Really, I don't. I what I do fear is hurting people. That's it. Like I, even like yeah. the nature of my work, I can think I'm doing something good and have unintended consequences that are not good. Right. Like these are the things yeah, I worry about. Yeah. Or like when we're having dinner with that gentleman, it's like, how do yeah. I, how do I thread the needle of letting him know I disagree with him? And he was telling you about his husband and letting mm -hmm. him know I disagree with him, but I'm greatly like, I sort of was enamored with the guy. Um, right. And I wanted him to know. So I thought it's important for him to know. So in my head, I was like, it's important for him to know I disagree with him. Uh, more importantly, so he knows that people who disagree with him can love and respect him, not just me. That was, but that's 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 where I get scared. Like, okay, how do I say this in a way that's not stinging? It's a, it's a or, delicate balance. Yeah, yeah, it's a delicate balance. But I think if you just show up with compassion and grace, and people can give you that grace too. Like, oh, I I know there's tons of times that people hurt my feelings. And I realized that they didn't mean to. So I give them the grace. Yeah. But we yeah. don't have, um, man, I've been hurting people's feelings a lot lately. I've been losing my patience on a work project. And uh, <laughs> so, and I know like maybe they won't forgive me. And I'm just like, you know, but I don't have any right to expect it from others. But I hope I give it to others. Yeah. You know, but if I sting somebody, I, I don't have any right. But see, that's what I like about Yay is that he speaks so transparently in a way that I think is designed to be edifying to others. And he is utterly indifferent of how the ball is going to bounce back on him. When he says, I have an audience of one that is God. Well, when I'm worried that 50% mm -hmm. of black children are being aborted in New York city, in New uh, York, in yeah. New York um, that's what concerns me. How, how do you, and the Tucker says, well, you know, how do people take it? He's like, I don't care how they take it. I have an audience of one. There's a black genocide. What do you, what, what, what people think about me, you think is more important than black genocide? You mm. know? Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's quite admirable. I think it he's is. refining himself, yeah. In the past, he hasn't been really good at, cause like, you know, all his press in the White House, he was really tense and nervous, but I get it. He was tense up. He had a lot to say. You know, I, I understand that feeling when you just, there's so much you want to say and mm -hmm. you're not composed. But he's getting better at it. You know, like, there's something, you know, the things I don't agree with, slavery was a choice. 
And he's like recanted, but you know, he didn't really explain. But he said artists don't have to explain, they're unapologetic, you know? Whatever. Again, you know, that I'm just always like, hmm. Everything else, I'm like I'm it's I'm like one hundred percent. I agree. I agree. I So agree. he said slavery was a choice. I forgot about that. He you know, he has so many controversies. So was he talking about yeah, that being, one was was he talking about like you know slavery in the South, or was he talking about being a recording artist in the entertainment industry today, or what was he talking about? He was talking about slavery in the South. Sixteen eleven. He was talking about <laughs> good old cotton picking slavery. How so did how did he explain that? Good. How did he explain that? I don't think he did. I think he, he didn't explain it. He recanted. He okay. said I was wrong for saying slavery was a choice, but that I, you know that stuff. You know, it's almost you're out of touch. It's like, hey, you gotta come back down here. But you can say it there, but somebody's gotta explain. It, you know, because there's other people listening who are really affected. We are edu- you know, I get it. Woo, we're all up here, but you know, the people who are eating sardines, like they don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, and that goes back to Candace, who again, I want to be clear, I-, I love her. I think she's great, but I think she is not. She's not thinking about. She has the, her target audience, which is like. She has her submachine gun and she's shooting away at like liberal college educated condescending white people. And she's like, I don't need your condescension. Get mm-hmm. away from me. But what you know, but what she what you're saying is there's people who are listening to that conversation that that's not her target and it's stinging for them to hear it. Correct. Mm-hmm. And it's so matter of fact and like cold, like a business transaction. Not everyone had like that's so I don't yeah. want my daughter to be like that. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want that kind of like, and this, and I said this, and it's like that. No, mm-hmm. that is not how you speak to people. Yeah, I think it's what it mm-hmm. is with her, because so I, I see it with my boys. I, it's a lot. My boys are in this, like, TikTok gang, I guess that's what I could call it. <laughs> it's in a TikTok gang. They're in this, like, this group of, like, uh, they're mixed-race kids that prowl TikTok for woke white kids and then they gang up on them and just rip them to shreds and make fun of them. And, uh, it is kind of bullying, but they're like, you know, and I say, and I do, I say, guys, you know, it's don't do that. And then they show me what they do. And I'm like, Oh, that's really funny though. But don't do that. Um, but it's, they don't like, you know, it's these kids that don't like, they're offended at the condescension of woke white kids. And it really upsets them. And so they prowl around, um, you know, because the, the woke kids are bullying other white kids, right? Then then these guys just show up and, you know, they just jump in on them. And then the woke white kids don't know how to handle, you know, black and Asian and Mexican and Arab kids making fun of them for being woke. And my kids show me that what they, they make in their little games. And it's funny, but it's mean. And um, I, I don't. What's the definition of woke these days? I don't, you know, I know things morph into things. You know, they like, they'll go into where. I think you gave an example, Jason, when we were at that event. I think you were talking about, or they were, I think some of the kids were trying to defend, defend them. And they were saying, hey, I don't need you to defend me. Like, I can speak for myself. That's what it is. Yeah. So there'll be, there'll be like white, white, woke, white kids, like speaking out on behalf of some disenfranchised minority, then the disenfranchised minority shows up and rips them to shreds and tells them to shut up and go away. And <laughs> so, 
Um, and my kids, they do that. And they're really, they're funny. Like, I'm not going to say the kids aren't funny. They're funny. But I feel like that's Candace. And, but what you're saying is, and I get it, um, is that she's having one conversation and she's not paying attention to everyone who's listening to that conversation. The audience. You're calling the audience, you know, lazy. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, you, you just don't, you, don't you, you can do it. You have to get up and do it. Okay. I have no deodorant. Like, we don't have hot water and water. I didn't eat last night. But let me do it, you know? Let me go ahead and do it. What I will say about Candace, like, we all like to be liked, or at least not to be hated in mass. And to be mm-hmm. a young woman who seems so absolutely and utterly indifferent to what the criticisms that she receives is quite, a, is, to me, that's impressive. Well, I, 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 I'm sure it hurts her. I'm like sure it does, but the fact that she continues despite of, yeah, that's (laughs) takes a lot to do that. I mean, it, it, it does take a lot. I think that, um, I think a lot of the, the tough exterior is really set up to prevent herself from taking certain things emotionally as well. And that's just an assumption, but, um, I, I find that a lot of times when women, especially when we, try to put on a hard exterior is because we're really actually extremely gentle on the inside. Um, and it's kind of like one of those preemptive like attacks, you know, um, in the way we speak and, um, you know, put a shield up, like, don't, don't come over here, you know? Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's an assumption. I'd love to meet her one day and ask her. Um, but yeah. Let's compare her to Kanye. You know, we've watched his evolution from, Slavery wasn't a, was a choice to what he, you know, black, what do black people get for their approval? She's been out long enough, you know, she has multiple children, like lots of happy, and she's not evolving. I think she is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have to be honest. Well, I did not okay. like her when I first right. heard of her. I thought she kind of was, I mean, it's not fair because she was, she was young. I'm like, well, she's young. She doesn't have a lot of depth. She's just kind of trolling the left. And it is what it is. But then, um, you know, it became clear she was reading a lot of Thomas Sowell, who I adore. She was reading. She was learning. She was becoming increasing. You could see her depth and knowledge. And I will say what I think she has in common with Ye. And I bet she would even say that I was wrong. Because um, I have friends like this, that I, my black, some black conservative friends, I'm like, you know, you're really fighting for black America. They're like, no, I'm fighting for America, fighting for American values. But I really think that in her heart of hearts, she is really angry at the architecture of oppression that the left has set up in this country for black people. And she's waging a war against that. And I think Ye is too. Um, she oh, probably sure. would, she would yeah. probably say, well, no, Jason, I'm, I'm just fighting for American values in America. But I think, no, like her anger, her passion, her fearlessness is personal. And the left has set up structures of racism in this country. Planned Parenthood being the foundation and base of it, the great society being uh, um, a, a war at ever, every level of the black community. Um, uh, Becky, what you talked about, about let's sh- shuffle you out to the suburbs um, into public housing out there, or section of housing out there to break apart the community. Um, so I really think for her, it's personal. Yeah, it definitely is a, 
it's definitely a war being waged. Um, you can definitely feel that a hundred percent. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that we'll continue to see evolution um, from her and from Ye. You know, but I think I, I think that you know Ye comes from culture. He's still coming from a foundation of support from the group that he's speaking to. And I think that it still, regardless of the fact that he said some things that have really, you know, um, made some people very angry and made him, made him, you know, made him, you know, attempted to be canceled multiple times. I still think that he comes in with a full confidence of, hey, I added these epic tracks. I added this epic, you know, body of work over, you know, decades now. Um, that gives him a level of confidence that I think um, Candace doesn't, she doesn't step on. She doesn't step on that foundation. She was never taken in by that culture in that way to say, oh, I've lost it. You know, she never had it to begin with. Uh-huh. Um, she came in kind of like opposing it from the beginning. Um, and so I think that that's why I think her exterior and her approach is a little bit more tougher versus like, yay, it's kind of like, hey, you know, like I, I argue with the brother and now we're okay. And now I want to tell you my brother and my thoughts, but we're always going to be different. And I think that that's kind of um, Ye's ability that he can do and he can evolve in that way and have that type of conversation because he knows that at the heart of the listeners, he really is loved and, and he, and he really um, is someone that they don't want to cancel. Oh. They don't want to cancel him. They're just like, hey, come on. Why are you saying these things? We want to like you. We don't want to block uh-huh. you. You're kind of like Mel Gibson in that way, right? Like Mel Gibson has said a lot of things yeah. and people like don't want to cancel him. That like, if anyone else said no, what Mel like, Gibson what? said, he'd be I gone for good. Know. Yeah. Yeah. True. He's, yeah. So I think Ye and Mel Gibson are kind of like, they should, they should do something together. They should. I think that they would. Yeah. I think yeah. Be. They should make a Teflon pan. Nothing sticks. Because those two... It is. Yeah. They're so kind and lovable and honest and so clearly without guile that even when they say things that are really upsetting to people, they go, yeah, we, we're cool with that. <laughs> we won't let it stick. Yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like, oh, well, that's just him. That's just, right? yeah, that's it's just him. Mal. It's like, there's an acceptance. It's kind of like, hey, yeah, it's like my brother, you know? It's like, what? So it was going to be your brother. Like part of the family, it's like we're going to disagree. They're just being who they are, so we're going to give them the grace, hmm. you know. And everybody else doesn't get that grace. That's why I think with Candace, it's very, it's a very different reaction. Um, hence, why I think this last um, expression um, was a little bit more, um, you know, I think tougher than I think the drink camp interviews that he did a few months back. Um, those interviews were just completely like all plus 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 everything was positive and they were they were just as heavy like he had the same heavy content heavy thoughts in there but they were immediately just accepted i mean um but this because it started off with a fashion week and because kenneth was i think you're right but you you hit it on the head if he would have worn that shirt without candace owens there I think people would have chuckled and pretended not to see it. Yeah. They probably would have, especially if he was like laughing, they're like, oh, okay, what did he do now? It would have been kind of like, 
oh, what, mm. is, what is what is Ye doing? Like, it would have been like that. Would they even still be pissed because it says white lives matter? Absolutely. They would have still said the same comments, but would they have ran to go and cut him out and say they'll never do work with him again? No, I saw my and- white liberal friend posted on social media. I went to unfriend Ye, and then I realized, oh, I was never his friend to begin with. Like, she was virtue signaling. Okay, good for you. And I love this person. But, you know, good for you. You <laughs> you hate Kanye West. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. For like, what? what? For I'm what? going to gallery openings and seeing some crazy stuff for like $250,000. And it's like the Pope is in an egg and he's bleeding. Or It's like, what is this? You know, mm-hmm. I trip out when I go to different countries and all the Byzantine art is in like, I'm like, what is this? Is this- Ethiopian face and blue eyes, like you know, I see some stuff that I have to like sit with sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey, whoa, whoa, Becky! They were blue-eyed Ethiopians. The Greeks were there for a while, right? And then the Italians. Don't don't do it. Let's not. Uh, uh-uh. uh. No, no. Mm-hmm. no. Saying there's no mm-hmm. blue-eyed yeah, Ethiopians. Don't come for black Jesus. I, don't I know that Jesus this can be black. I'm just saying it. there's blue-eyed Ethiopians. It's not. The podcast. <laughs> okay. It's not the let's, podcast. Let's, don't do it. Let's end on this. Okay. Well, let's end on this question. Don't, don't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Okay. Don't end on this. He said he's going to be president one day. Is he going to be president? Yeah, I, 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 I mean, want to be honestly, a part of his birthday party. I want to be, <laughs> I want to be in every part of that. I want to support him in all of that because that yeah. would be. Um, when I he talks that. about his roundtable, and I, like he, we don't have time for the ego, get someone on the phone that knows what to do, has a different way of thinking, it, and has the courage to sit down and say, "I might be the president, but I might not have all the answers." Do you know my sister voted exactly. for my sister voted for him? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, she's she, awesome. she confessed like awesome. six she's months the ago. Smartest person in the room. No, I texted her after his interview. I'm like, I th- yeah, it was a good vote. <laughs> she voted for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready to see him take an act, a more active role in politics. Like, I, I really am. Like, I'm really excited for the next cycle. So, like, move past all these, like, you know, yeah, all these, you know, political lifers, and move into uh-huh. people who are like really into like actually creating a solution like that no more handout and yeah. that's what it sounds ready like for it. yes so ready and for we it. still look after the vulnerable <laughs> like, yeah i'm and down put, i'm with it put that first like i just i yeah. but the artillery is going to come on him now right it's going to be a rough couple months for him right i mean they're about to drop oh, sure. missiles sure. on his head for the next couple of months sure. right sure sure and he's just going to well, walk was, up from was, his bomb shelter afterwards. He had a big missile. There was a big missile before all. Like, you know, he was fighting with the He's been fighting with Adidas. They own his image, his likeness. It's like a whole thing, you know? I, I guess his name. Be, yeah. That's yeah. why he put the Pope on there. I get it now. Aha! Why did they put the Pope okay. on there? Explain it to me. He can't use his image or likeness right now. Like, he can't. Like, you know, oh. he can, but, you know, it's like that stuff. Remember when Prince put slave on his face? So it's like a white image. Like, okay, I get it. It's an image that's not his, but it's an image that they all know. You know, it's not a black one. You know, I know. The abortion thing, that's That is just crazy that you can't. I knew the famous Amos guy. 
uh, black guy from Hawaii made the famous Amos cookies. Do you remember those? Yeah, oh, they were the best. Yeah, yeah that guy cookies. couldn't use his yeah. own name or his own face. That's just crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. For his mom's name, like they, it's it's, it's like he posted it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he posted the whole list. He posted like, the whole what? like the whole thing, the letter, the entire thing, the cease and desist, yeah. everything. I was like, whoa. So yeah. I think that's like that had him like cleared up. He's already there. that was a missile. Do you think that and some of the controversy to, he's, he's creating could he be just clever like a fox? He's like, you want my name? Watch what I'm about to do to my name and likeness, and <laughs> you can have fun with that. See, I think like he's the smartest person in the room. He's definitely thinking dimensionally. I mean, do you he's think that? Downloads. Do you think it's going through his name? Like, you want my name and likeness? Well, okay, watch this tweet. Boop send. Have fun with my name and likeness. How's that doing for your stock? That could be an angle. That could be an angle. But he's, yeah, he's already already dropped a missile on him. So this is like definitely going to win that fight. I mean, that's going to win that fight. That's just, you know, I think that like similarly what Dave did, right? When they try to take his ability to use his name, you know. Once, once the mass population actually realizes organizations and institutions can even do that, like, it's like, it's like, I don't think that people think that people like institutions actually even do that. Like, it's just, it's so bizarre. Um, forever. I once yeah, asked someone to invest in a movie of mine and they said yes, but they wanted like 10% of every, everything, every movie I would ever make after that. And I remember oh, thinking, yeah. like, is know. that even possible? Is that legal? Like, could that even be a thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That can be, that can be a thing. In in yes. the universe. Okay, that's in the 16 Super Earth, Pluto, Mars, <laughs> all of them. I'm telling you. crazy? It's it strange. Crazy. It's strange. It's strange. But I that guess. That is a soul contract. That, that's, if that's not a soul, like, you signing me for the heaven. That is selling your soul. Like, yeah, like, like I said, unmatched. words like, like that. For, for, for fact, you will win this war because, again, we are fighting for literally the soul of America. Like, when he said that this is, like, this stuff is demonic, I mean, we've already, we've already had multiple conversations with this, Mattel. <laughs> this is a download. This is what yeah. he said. The same thing he says. It's all demonic. We're at war with the media. He said liberal Nazis. I said, not the Nazis. He said liberal Nazis, okay. But yes. <laughs> I was liberal like, Nazis. okay. Shot fired. Well, but that okay. goes back to what Malcolm X said that the liberals are the real enemy. And uh yeah. you know, they want to homogenize you. They want us all to be the same. I don't need you to be the same to to to, to respect your opinion. I mean, that's obviously yeah. if I need you to agree with me to respect you, I don't respect you. Right. If I get it, if I get to if I get to choose my minority and I don't walk in the room with it, it's not the same as someone who walks into the room black. Wait, say that again. It's just if I can choose my minority mm. and walk into the room without it, right. walk in the room without it, without any pretense, without any perception of me at all, but and and say that I am the same as a minority that walks into the room black, it's like that is bizarre. Again, it's absolutely bizarre. The Jews say we're people. The alphabet people say we're people. I'm black. Yeah. 
You sound like the. You're black first. You're black first. First. Right. Your sexual orientation. You don't have to always walk into your room with your sexual orientation. I don't care what you did last night. Yeah. Or five minutes ago. Or who you love or want to love. It's just not the same. Fire right here. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that it's not. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not important. It just means that it's not the same. So stop trying to make it the same. Or it's not my business, actually. Correct. Too. Correct. You know, like why are you sharing me my pronoun? Dot 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 dot. Not my business. Yeah. Right away, like keep that to yourself. Not my. Why? That's the other thing. Why do we need to know everyone's business? Because it's demonic. It is demonic. demonic. It's, It's sad, isn't it? really is it's not but our yeah. lord said i will make was paul paul said god can make sons of abraham from stones and when you have lowly I mean, oh my god <laughs> whoa whoa yeah what we were just, we were just saying talking that about that dissecting that scripture the other day we're like we right. hope he doesn't give up Tonight on us to buy the whole stone yes wait <laughs> say that one more time you go, Becky. Go, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Raquel can't I was keep like, a secret oh for Raquel, we're not committing any crimes with you. Up. We'll let that slip. Go by. Okay. All right. Go on, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, God is going to give up on us and raise up all the stones. Because he's like, you know what? I'm done with them. I just, I can't. No, but that's how I feel. I'm a we're stone. Like, like, my people, my people don't care about my people. My children don't care about my children. I mean, like uh-huh. you said, the sissy roll pop. We care about everything but people. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it, it can only go so far. Yeah, we're like lick spotted oh, owls, green sea turtles, carbon dioxide, yeah. hole in the ozone. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's kids like, I want water, please. Uh, food. Yeah. Does anyone have sorghum paste? Know, but, but Sorry, I'm we're, licking we're, we're, the lollipop. I've got a lot of letters to go before I get to you, buddy. They gave me this Narcan at school for my mommy. You know, that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, we can't ah. talk about fentanyl. That's what's happening. No, we can't talk about this. We can't talk about school violence. Do you know, I, I want to talk about immigration for real hey, in this God country. Did you pray in school. Yeah, pray. No, don't do that. What? No, think about all the talk we have in this country on illegal immigration. But what I want to know is what it's like to be an illegal immigrant in this country. I want to know what it's like to be trafficked here, to work in a dangerous underground economy where your employer can abuse you, where you have to live in fear. If we cared about these people, we would ask all kinds of questions. But no. Yeah, but we don't. We just smear people who think we should have a secure border Smear people that we should have workplace verification. Instead of asking, what is the real human cost? All of this suffering and tragedy that's happening around us. But when you talk about God can make stones, uh, sons of Abraham from stones, when I heard that Eminem is number one on the Christian charts, that's unbelievable to me. That Ye is on Tucker Carlson. By the way, I, I used to hate Tucker Carlson. If you remember, like 20 years ago, this guy, with he had his bow tie on and he was advocating every neoconservative policy and war you could think of. And he has grown up into like, he's, he's really the most, I think the most courageous voice on television. 
he has Ye on and says, look, I'm going to let I don't know. You got to listen to him. The guy is brave. He stopped. He stopped so many wars. Yes, his he show, he stops war after war standing up to the military industrial complex. Like, I think if yes. him and Ye don't get whacked. Who's and that's get- not, and that's not, a, that, that's not, that's not pro um, Democrat or Republican, by the way. Oh, he goes no, after I, the I Republican hawks so much. Yeah, he goes after the Republican hawks as much as he goes after the Democrat hawks. Yeah, he does. He's made Tulsi Gabbard a household name. You know, lets her guest host mm-hmm. his show, and she's a Democrat. But that's that mm-hmm. download that's, that you're talking about that's coming in just the strangest place. So I guess that we should always have faith that if our leaders aren't speaking oh, sure. up about the we, if Pope Francis is silent about the Uyghur genocide and Cardinal Zen and maybe Eminem will well, start talking about it, Yale will start talking about it. Again, you know, your, your courage gives other people permission to step into theirs. Mm-hmm. And we're in a, I mean, this is, I mean, it's a war. <laughs> it was on the, like a war on the people, right? Facts. Your programming, I mean, you wouldn't have to do all this programming and all these algorithms if it wasn't a war. You're fighting for the control of the mind. Oh, that's a good and you're point. Not yeah, they are. And, you're war- not, if, and, if, and if, as a, a culture, war. we're not operating in the heart, then what would mm-hmm. happen if you control the mind, right? If you're not, if you're not, if we're not operating in the heart, if we're not operating from the place of love, and we're operating in place of the mind, then what happens when you control the mind? So we yeah, are bored. God is raising up his team. Yeah, God is raising up his team. Well, I'm glad to be on your that's team. The, I'm glad to be on yours. <laughs> and we all look crazy over here. Well, yeah. No, nobody matches. Nobody conforms. We all look different, dress different, eat different. I guess. But we believe the same thing. Isn't that so weird? We said yes. Like, we will. I, I will be the person building the art. Mikkel, remember that party we had yeah. at, at that get together we had at the Chateau Marmont after the movie premiere? Uh-huh. And I we had all of our friends there that included like alphabet people and everything. Uh-huh. And uh the uh the waitress came up to me and said, "I just love when you're here. I love your your people, like your group, like they're so diverse." <laughs> and do you remember she really tall, pretty girl? A black girl, yeah. real tall. I'm the blondie, yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is the bl- yeah, and she's like, I, I just love you. So, I said, we're not diverse at all. We just we look different. But I think we're all pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> Except for your friend, uh, I think, wasn't she Scientologist? My Scientologist friend. Oh, my Scientologist friend was there. Yeah. I forgot about her. So <laughs> that lady is not only a Scientologist friend, she is like big time. So Becky, um, you'll this mm-hmm. girl. I met her at a movie premiere, not this movie, another premiere. We became friends. And I started talking to her about abortion, as I I, I'm t- I tend to do, and uh, <laughs> she said, "This is unbelievable. We got to get the Church of Scientology behind this." And so she's so big in the Church of Scientology that she got me to meet with the leadership, the big shots. Wow! And at their Human Rights Center in Hollywood. And I went and I gave my speech, my presentation to the like the cardinals and the pope of Scientology. And it went over like a lead balloon, just bam. They didn't they didn't buy what I was selling. She she felt bad. Mm-hmm. But she was cool. No, but even she's cool. She's wild. That girl's wild. She's strange. She's interesting, is what I will say. Yeah. Right. Well, she signed one of those contracts, so 
What contract? Yeah. I didn't even know they have a contract. Yeah. They definitely have a yeah, like 200 years in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? You're a slave. I don't know. I, I just know you signed like this contract to be a slave. You know, my grandpa, who is 94, still alive, he's a Scientologist. And he, he always told me he was going to live to be 200. He's almost halfway there. I think 94 isn't 200 in today's standards, you know? What's that? I think 94 is about 200 in today's standards. Yeah. He's you know, not, I don't know. Grandparents used to die at like 65 when I was a kid, you know? And they like, looked old. They looked old at 50. We didn't have 70-year-old grandparents. They were like foreign, you know? Like, they died. Because that's what, that's they, what they ate all their vegetables out of cans and like ate ham. They thought cottage cheese was a health food. They, they fought in World War II. <laughs> they had mm-hmm. Coke with Coke in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot going on for them. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. It was a lot going on for them. So, yeah. You know, I like, get it. and by the way, like, it's just true. I don't want to bring it up, but that Viola Davis book is in my head. They were living around rapey people. Correct. It was just accepted. They just Correct. called them dirty old men. Yep. To come to understand that when we heard the expression in the 70s, dirty old men, what they were really telling us is rapist. Yeah. yeah. Or creepy man. Anybody creepy. We knew that meant rapist. We know that was like sexual. Yeah, you heard Mike Tyson when he talked about when he first met um, Customato. He didn't trust him because he said the only time he, white people came to his neighborhood. Old men. Yeah. Yeah, we're creepy old men. Sure. Creepy old men. Yep. Well, we have a lot of work to do together. We're going to uh, Ethiopia. Mikkel, you're in South Africa helping us resettle Afghans there. And, um, it's going to be a big week for us this week. Canada is open up 2,000 visas for Afghan refugees to be resettled in, in uh, Canada. Yay, Trudeau. Awesome. Love them. It's yeah, so unfortunately, amazing. it's 20. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? You can't go there. You can't say Trudeau is so amazing on this show. I love Trudeau. What well, he's handsome. So. I mean, that. I'll give him that. We can, <laughs> we can agree that he's... He's handsome he and sort fine. of like a trust fund <laughs> entitled punk sort of way that like if I was at a party he when I was is. 24, he's the guy I would have tried to I instigate mean, a fight kinda, with. He kind of confused me with what, what he did with the truckers. And after that, I was just like, well, I'm just going to stop listening to all news because then I might not think he's as handsome as he is. Well, so. it's funny you should say that. As I was interviewing you, <laughs> and you heard the call come in. The guy that organized the trucker rally in Canada was trying to call me. Because that's hilarious. I, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He that just, so I'm calling funny. him as soon as I get off the phone. Why? This is how weird we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of what we do here at the VPP. We knit, knit together everyone. I mean, the whole world. So I reached out to the truckers in Canada because I need sponsors for Afghans. So I called martial arts owners, martial arts schools. I called just anyone I knew. Um, diocese, I call different parishes and dioceses in Canada, and I, I, I'm part of the freedom movement, right? The anti-vax freedom movement. So I thought, okay, I can reach out to these guys, 
and you know, the stereotype is, I just find everyone in the world is pretty much awesome. Everyone on earth pretty much is kind and thoughtful and doesn't like hurting people. Pretty much all of us. Not that we don't have tempers and attitude problems and mental. We're, we're all crazy yeah, too. Sure. But you know, sure. so I, I reach out to the freedom guys, the freedom trucker guys. And, the, and I'm like, I need, can you find me, um, sponsors? They're like, well, how many? I'm like anywhere between one and 2000. I don't know. How many can you find? Um, I'm going to try to raise money to resettle as many Afghans as I can. And there are 2000 spaces available. So let's try to take as many of those as possible for the folks we're trying to resettle. So I've got the freedom movement helping me resettle uh, Afghan refugees, which is kind of cool, I think. That's amazing. Awesome. And, and all thanks to Trudeau. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how the, the Canadian government works. I don't know if we can give it. it works. That. That's how it works. I would That's give all credit to, to Joe Biden, who destroyed Afghanistan. No, and because of him, we actually have to resettle these people. So. Um, yeah, I don't know Joe how Biden. this happened. I just know that a Jewish legal aid society in Canada called me and said, there are 2,000 spaces available. Will you help us resettle some folks? And I said, heck because yeah, and can I resettle Trudeau some of my own? signed and said, let's keep the party going. You know? I mean, mm -hmm. you know the guy wore blackface, He allowed right? that to happen. You know he, he wore blackface no, he to a party. Google it. The guy's a maniac. He's half black. He did what? He did he, what? He's half black. How is he half black? Fidel Castro is his father. Well, there you go. There <laughs> you go. Fidel was. What do you think Fidel was? You think he was white? Cuban? Okay. And what do you think they are? Latinx? See, <laughs> Latinx. <laughs> They're Negroes who speak Spanish. Okay. See, I That's wish you can quote Paul Mooney. I could be quoting Paul Mooney all day, but I will be canceled. Paul Mooney says something about that, but I can't say what Paul Mooney says about what Castro is. If I say it, I'm done. Say, it's the end. We're all we were all slaves. And, no, know, he calls them. Uh, he calls them white Ricans. What does he say? You know, he's, he's like he, he divides Latinos up into two groups. He says only two types of Latinos. The one I can't say, you can say. I'm not saying it. And then the other he calls White Ricans. Nigger Ricans and White Ricans? Yeah, something yeah, like that. No. That's, that's part of the, yeah, the great they part. All, they all sing the babalo. Let's just, let's just say that we're, we're, we're praying for Trudeau. Okay? Why? Oh, you just brought up Babalu? Did you just bring up Babalu? Yes, that's Cuban. That's yeah, that's that's Paul Mooney does a whole thing about it. You know what Babalu is? It's an African god. He's like, it's when you hear African me playing the drums, he, he's like, when you hear me playing the drums, you better run. <laughs> I'm calling Babalu. Babalu. But that's Ricky, Ricky, you know, Desi Arnaz. Yeah, but Desi Arnaz, but was Babalu really an African pagan deity? Yeah, or did Paul Mooney make that up? That's, yeah, the drummer. No, that's for real. That's real talk. That's like, you know, the Cubans are like, what, they say West African? So what are they, Yoruba or something? I don't, you know, something like that. It's the same stuff. He was a drummer, musician. He learned from, like, this other guy. And, you know, it was like a thing. His family was rich. And he wants to be a musician. All right. So he learned how to play the drums. But, like, from, you know, like, awesome Elvis stuff. You know what I mean? But... Spanish. <sighs> All yeah. right. I think we should end this podcast so before we really life. get tired and just actually get canceled. No, let's not yeah. get canceled. 
But we love Kanye. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, we love yeah. Ye. We love, we love Ye. We love Ye. Yeah, so yeah. we're agreed. We agree and we're agreed 100%. that Planned Parenthood is waging a war of genocide, even though the people who Correct. work there today don't want that, will that, or think that. They're just driving a machine that others built. I don't want to go around calling people liberal Nazis, although it's quite funny. <laughs> I'll do but that yeah, for you. Much I'll do that for you. Whatever. Basically, we're, we're signing up for the birthday party. We'll do door hangers or yeah. all that. Yeah, we'll do That's the door. Yeah, next yeah, time, we'll Mikkel, get me invited to the next thing. I'm going. The next yay thing. You invite okay. I, you invited me okay. and went to Wyoming. I don't know why. Why couldn't I go? I don't remember, I don't remember why. I was bummed because that would have been great. That would have been great. I'm, I want to buy that lanyard that he has. It must be for sale. I, I know he's selling that shirt. I'm not wearing that shirt. I can promise you that. Well, I, I'm not wearing White Lives Matter shirt, but frame I frame it maybe frame it like it could be a good art piece. Like I said, I you know like there's mm. art that invokes things, but I don't know. Walking around, it's like Oof, no, I'm not know. wearing that. But they have, like, wearing I have like two Mona Lisa T-shirts, so I do wear art on my shirt. But again, every every profile of the Pope, I don't understand. I didn't get it, Pablo. I don't. I'm, it's I think so you hit the nail on the head. He couldn't to... put his own image on. It's ironic that he can put yeah, St. John Paul the Great on there. But, but he, he has to license that. Yeah, he has to license it still, though. Interesting. So maybe he's like, I could put anybody's image if I can use my own. I don't know. It was weird. He also used, like, Whitney Houston's crack, Cracked Out Bathroom as, like, somebody's, ter- what is it, Travis Scott's album cover or something Ooh. at one point. I, I really didn't like that. Yeah, so I don't like that either. Stuff. That's, that's strange. Like, yeah. right. that, that kind of felt hurtful. Yeah, it's a little yeah. weird. So yeah, but it was art, right? And some, yeah. you know, it was there. You go. So I don't know. Like that's why I said he's like he does those stingy things sometimes. Well, think about this: if we're going to use a liberal definition of what art is to provoke conversation, walking in <laughs> with Candace Owens. Wearing White Lives Matter shirts with Pope. Yeah, that, that was a work of art. I mean, look it. That is modern art at its greatest. And ugh. what uh, Becky said there, that that made it. I really do believe that that's what made it charged. That's if he walked in yeah. on his own, it would have flopped. But the uh-huh. key to it, it all like, it was this like, young woman. Like, what is he doing? To be honest, I think everyone would have saw it and be like, oh, it's a stunt. There's a stunt. There's some stunt. There's some catch to it somewhere, right? But mm-hmm. it's not he was walking with her. It was like, oh no, it's not a stunt. This is real life. <laughs> like he's really trying to send a message. I think what he should do next is go there and open up a soup kitchen and just give but them that's all soup. What she invokes, though. I'm sorry, guys. That's what she brings. She brings this like witchy element to it, and so you get ah. scared when you see. You like she's not gonna help me. She's gonna, you know, it's like run. So, yeah, that's what she brings to the table for me. I'm like, kid, come girl. I think in 10 years you're going to love her. I think you're going to love her. I think she's growing. Okay. I think she's really angry. We're waging a war. We're waging a war and we need all talents. She hates the liberal white Nazis. She's shooting at them. She's not paying attention to who else is watching. And then I can see that's why, because I'm not going to deny, like all my black friends despise her. In a way that makes no sense to me. Um, 
and I, and I just think it's she's shooting at people and not paying attention to who's watching how she's fighting. But she's going to become probably aware of that. And I think she's showing depth and humility by her, like what appears to be every time I hear her talk, it's she's like disciplining her study. The last thing I would have wanted to be is become a meme or a caricature of myself as a young person. You know, and she yeah. was. Does she have daughters? I don't remember. Um, because I don't know. If she'll see when when you start seeing yourself, like you know your bad habits and your kids. You, <laughs> there's no other wake up call than that. When they pick up the things you don't want them to pick up, mm, that's that's guy got your number. That's what we call that in parenting. Uh, I just think that she, you know, was a young woman who became famous in a very polarized time saying courageous things and um, very powerful interests are shading how she communicates and presenting her in certain ways. Not saying that she's not responsible for some of it, but I think she's just a very brave woman and um, she is angry at the same people that Malcolm X was angry at and angry at the same people Ye is angry at. And that's who she's fighting. Bravery is definitely a Holy Spirit action plan attribute. Courage and bravery. Like, you know, you have to have spunk. David was tiny, the, the giant. It's always courage, 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 right? Just believe in me. I'll fly you. So, I, you know, she's divine. Everybody's life has value. I just think, like, she was Paul before, Saul, Paul before he was Paul. Mm-hmm. And I would rather her not get blind on the road to Damascus to come the right way. That's it. She, it lacks no compassion. It's like Corinthians 13. It's empty. It's like sounding brow. There's no love there. Well, that's why I think her, uh, hopefully she'll be seasoned in like her faith, you know? Love. Well, she comes out of right. Daily Wire, and, and I'm not a big Ben. I mean, I don't dislike Ben Shapiro. It's just he's not my cup of tea. The Daily Wire way that they present is not my cup of tea. You know, I think it's very millennial. It just, yeah, it doesn't resonate with me. And 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 I think she has that Daily Wire, you know, way of presenting, which, as you said, is pretty can be pretty harsh. Um, but that generation is just being choked to death and smothered, and they're relentlessly being canceled, and they're they're quite angry, and they're filled with resentment. And so I think that's just what we're seeing. Okay, you know. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on here. I don't think we said anything that will get us canceled. I don't think so either. Right on. Do we do we forget anything? Or should we just sell pillows? No. Do you guys No, nope, I think we I think we did enough ripples for for one day. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Oh, all right. I don't we must have forgot. We covered anti-Semitism, we covered abortion, we covered School violence. Yeah, maybe we did. We covered it all. We covered it all. <laughs> all right, ladies. I'm going to sell my pillow, Mike Lindell's pillows. I'm going to bring you Go both ahead. travel pillows when we meet in Ethiopia later this year. Okay. The Mike Lindell travel pillow is amazing. Oh, yes, please. Please do so. It is the best. And uh, I will travel back with it. Okay, I'm going to get that for you. All right, I'm going to put it on mute. You guys can jump off. Let me sell some pillows. Epic times. And try to get folks to support our work at the VPP. 
and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. God bless you guys. Aloha. Bye. All right, guys. I hope that made sense. You know, we uh, we talk. These are two of my good friends. We talk all the time. Like this. Maybe a little more. A little more open. Uh, but not much more open. I think it was pretty open. But uh, this episode was being brought to you by MyPillow. Uh, Mike Lindell's MyPillow, which is the best pillow in the world. And if you go to MyPillow.com and use the code Jones, you will get deep discounts on everything, including the travel pillows. And I'm going to have to get both Becky, which is the worst code name for her, and Mikkel pillows. And um, this episode is also being brought to you by Epoch Times. You better listen right now. Go to iReadEpoch.com right now. Go to iReadEpoch.com right now. Use the code. Now, this is tricky. Jones for the pillows. It is Jason Jones for Epoch Times. Go to iReadEpoch.com. And if you are concerned about faith, about freedom, about medical freedom, about the vaccine, about its impact on you, about Biden pushing us towards World War III, if you want all of the facts... And, and instead of like Kanye says, if you do, now look, if you want to uh, be formed, to be a light bulb, to have the opinions that everyone else thinks, read the New York Times, okay? Read the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, which used to be good, still can be good actually sometimes. And uh, read Time Magazine, watch MSNBC, CNN, and you're good. You're good. You're going to be a little, uh, as um, Mikkel said, you'll be a little robot. You'll have all the right opinions. You can think you're smart because you're regurgitating crap, or you can be informed to be free. Go to iReadEpoch.com, the code Jason Jones. The subscription for one month is a dollar. Okay? $77 for the year, but they give it to you for a dollar for the first month. But that's a trick. Okay? They're tricking you. They know you're going to do the whole year because it's amazing. So uh, go to iReadEpoch.com. Sign up. It's a dollar for one month, and then you keep the subscription. It's going to be $77 for the year. And as always, um, the show has not been banging along like I would hope. I want to do more shows. I get so many emails. I see people as I'm walking around. It's unbelievable. I've been giving a lot of speeches lately. It was just in Washington, D.C. How many folks come up to me? They say they listen to the show. They want more shows. They want more. Sh- I want to do more shows. I want to do a show a day. I want to do a TV show every day. That's what I would like to do. But right now, we're sort of drowning in Ukraine. We're drowning and really drowning in Afghanistan in a good way. A lot of opportunities have emerged for us to resettle people, kind of a rush of folks, and that's become overwhelming for my team. We have our diplomatic liaison opening up our European Union office in Rome right now so we can resettle Christians and other minorities in um, Europe. We're working with Canada. We just reunited a young boy with his family here in the United States. So a lot is going on. Uh, you need to be a part of it because, you know, as you heard uh, with the team there, we're going to Ethiopia uh, in a couple of weeks. We've been asked to go there to help support the Christian community in Ethiopia. We're supporting the Christian community in Nigeria. We're a bit overwhelmed. We need your help. If you want to stand with the most vulnerable people in the world when everyone else has left, go to thegreatcampaign.org and become a monthly donor. In human rights work, there is Palm Sunday. Okay, Palm Sunday is when the media is paying attention, when the world is paying attention, when uh, the media and the enthusiasm, the culture moves you and everyone else to do something. 
Okay, and it's good. It is good when there's the Palm Sunday for human rights causes for you to step up. That's very good. But then there is the crucifixion, the pieta. Then there is the cross. And all great causes have a moment when the cross comes. I've been doing this for 30 years. I know on Palm Sunday not to be comfortable with lots of people around. I know not to be comfortable with money coming in for the campaign because I know soon that money will be gone and the people will be gone. And it will be me and a handful of donors trudging away. In our work in Afghanistan right now, standing with the Christians, the Hazara, standing with uh, the, uh, the, those heroes that fought side by side our military, uh, it is now the cross. More work to do than ever, less donors than ever. So I need you to go to thegreatcampaign.org and give your very best gift, um, thegreatcampaign.org. And after you give your very best gift, I would hope you even become a monthly donor because we need all hands on deck uh, for the work that we're doing. All right. Thank you guys very much. Until next time, which hopefully will be tomorrow. I'm trying to get a either a, a rabbi on, a friend of mine, or a gentleman who runs who has a great podcast on Israel to come and talk about anti-Semitism and Hollywood. And what is the difference between Jew hatred, anti-Semitism, and just acknowledging the P. Diddy's agents are Jewish? How do we dissect? How do we how do we manage and handle this? And that's what we're going to talk about next. Hopefully, maybe even tomorrow. All right. Until next time. Jason Jones Show. This has been the Jason Jones Show, powered by Mudhouse Media. Oh, 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 oh,